Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Civil War. Captain America Civil War continues to dominate the 2016 box office. Casting news has started coming out for uh, Black Panther coming up. Uh, Kurt Russell gets a tearful goodbye from the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 cast as he wraps his filming. And the Inhumans are not the only thing moving back as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a new time slot. Plus, we'll be covering the season three finale, the two-part finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So stick around with us, hang out, lots of things to talk about. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. Good evening, Jeff. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. That's doing good. really well. That's good. I got back on uh, I got back on my Star Lord diet. Started doing some exercising this week. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling fresh, feeling yeah. uh bouncy. Feeling fresh. You you were just bouncing. I was bouncing. So I can see that you were feeling bouncy. I think that came through in the audio. Yeah. I was yeah. Bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt it. Thanks, man. You know, it was it was a bouncy. Perf- I, kinda, I welled up a little bit. Really going for a bouncy performance. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm really I'm keeping it grounded. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you do not look bouncy. <laughs> Just trying to keep that Drax. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like uh, like I said. When, uh, you know, I posted that picture on Facebook with my leg bleeding, just being like, this is, you know, this is what you do when you deadlift. Right. And you're like, are you bleeding? And I was like, I mean, I do it yeah. for the Drax. I think I don't do deadlifts. I think, like, that's just not me. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna get into more weightlifting as we get closer to the Starlord Drax deadline, but uh, I am not going to deadlift. I hate them. I hate them so much. Ah, oh, they're great. All right. They're so great. You enjoy your back pain. Do it for the Drax. What do we got in the news, my friend? Man, Civil War is continuing to dominate. It is now the number one movie of 2016 as far as ticket sales go. Oh, yeah? So it it crossed Utopia's worldwide box office? Oh, yes, that and more. Uh, It is now currently at $981.9 million worldwide. That's pretty good. Real close on a billion. It's probably going to hit a billion this weekend. Very, very easily. And uh, the the biggest comparison, of course, people are making is it to Batman v Superman, which now the 13-day total is uh, they're beating it by $40 million. Yeah, man. It's pretty solid. It's, that's just, it's real sad for BVS. It's been... It is, it is. And I mean, honestly, they're closer than I thought they'd be. Uh, after seeing both of them and everything, they're a lot closer than I thought they'd be. But I keep having to remind myself, uh, I, I keep wanting to be like, Civil War should be completely trouncing um, Batman v Superman, but I keep having to remind myself that it has Batman and Superman in it. It <laughs> should have destroyed Civil War. Yeah. So even if they had tied, it would have been a victory for Civil War. But uh, for the, for it to be beating it by uh, pretty substantial numbers, um, especially in the worldwide, I think it's. Uh, oh yeah, worldwide, it's beating it by a hundred and eleven. No. Yeah, hundred and eleven uh, point. Eight hundred eleven point yeah. eight million. I think Civil War may have best comic book, or highest grossing comic book movie of the year. You know uh, that that leads me to my next point. With Civil War getting as much money as it has, it has pushed the Marvel Cinematic Universe film franchise into the ten billion dollar mark. I heard about that. That's it crazy. is now the highest grossing film franchise ever. Wow. 
That's nuts. That's insane. I mean, yeah. it's 13 movies. Yeah. I think but... it's one of the largest, probably largest number of movies in a film franchise. And then with the number of those movies that is on the top, like a top movies ever, like yeah. in the top 10 movies ever, or the top 10 like gross, highest grossing movies ever, they've probably got like five of them. Uh, <laughs> I know that they've got, let's see, in the top five, there's Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. And, or well, this is this is opening weekend, sorry. Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, Captain America Civil War, like one, two, three, right there. And then yeah. right behind that is Iron Man 3 on open, just opening weekend. So that's four of them in, you know, the top six. Wow. And the other two being, you know, Star Wars The Force Awakens and Jurassic World. Man, yeah. Um, well, this is a little different because it's adjusted for inflation, which makes yeah, the numbers yeah. different. But uh, Avengers is five. Avengers Age of Ultron is seven. Uh, Iron Man 3 is ten. Okay, so three of the top ten. Yep, three of the top ten movies of all time. And then you go past that, I'm sure you'll hit another one pretty quick. Uh, no, actually. Wow. <laughs> well, Civil War is now 26th highest grossing movie of all time. It's been out for two weeks. Yeah, it's been out two weeks. So we'll, we'll see, <laughs> uh, how, if that, I mean, I think that, I think that it's going to take down probably another 10 or so, but it's probably not going to make it to the top 10 or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good movie. This is crazy. I'm, I'm looking at a chart of highest grossing movies of all time, which is interesting to check out anyway. Uh, but <laughs> What's interesting to me is that uh, Captain America: Civil War and Zootopia, which uh, you know, it, like I said, it just passed Zootopia. Yeah, there it's number twenty-eight on the list, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting that like we're living in a time where movies are making so much more money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so it's not surprising that the cinematic universe has crossed ten billion. Oh is yeah, basically what I'm getting at. That's fair. Ten billion dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a, it's a gross amount of money. Yeah, uh, Avengers is one point six or one point five million of that though, and uh, Age you of Ultron 1. is one point five That's what I meant. Yeah, one point five billion, and Age of Ultron is one point four billion. So that's pretty pretty big chunk. You it's got, almost three total. <laughs> yeah, they they got three of the ten, so that's pretty that's yeah. pretty solid. And Captain America: Civil War is almost at one by itself. Yeah, and it then uh, Iron Man three got you know what just over one I think. Uh, Iron Man three grossed one point two. One point two, yeah. So between those three, I think I, I think that uh, Civil War has a chance, a chance of crossing over Iron Man numbers. I'm not sure. Maybe. It will. I'm not sure that it will. It has to make two hundred thousand more dollars. Uh, two hundred million more dollars. I keep confusing my thousands and millions and billions. But let's move on. <laughs> I uh, don't know where to put my commas. I was not told there'd be math. <laughs> uh, we'll do it live. <laughs> So uh, the the last real um, no, it's not the last real Civil War news. The, have you seen? There's there's a meme because you know there's there's all these comparisons this year, uh, this year especially between Batman versus Superman and Captain America Civil War because yeah. you know it's superheroes fighting. It's what we love. I feel like they very deliberately did this to cause dissension among the DC Marvel crowd, like cause the probably cause the split to reopen. I feel like for a long time it's been a pretty calm fight. Yeah, like we've been kind of rejoining under 
watching Marvel movies and seeing that they're good. But after um, here listening to DC on screen tonight, we're man. about to have our own civil war, <laughs> brother versus brother. We're about to have a GSTU. After hearing after hearing Dave uh, civil war, Dave Dave Ro- Dave Robertson over at uh, DC on screen talk about civil war versus BVS, we may have to. Uh, have a, a civil war of our own. Might have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put these muscles to use. We, we really need to have him on. Uh, have them on. Uh, Remotely, uh, of course. Yeah, so there's no actual blows. <laughs> so that I don't strangle anybody. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Am I? Am I kidding? I feel very strongly. <laughs> <laughs> Do not ever call me a thesaurus. Anyway, so <laughs> because of, the, uh, because of the, the comparison that's going on, there's a meme floating around the internet that I, that I witnessed this weekend uh, that is Spider-Man, in his very limited time in the, the Civil War movie, had more lines than Superman did in Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> and have, have we confirmed that I that's true? I haven't confirmed on whether or not that's okay. true, but that's a really funny thing. If it, it wouldn't is. be surprising, because Superman doesn't say a whole lot in And BBS. Spider-Man is real mouthy. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's two different characters, but the thing is, like, Superman's not known for being the silent, stoic type. And so no? uh, they just have to make everybody over there be the science, silent, stoic You type. can't have everybody be broody. Yeah, it's like only the villains can be fun. Right. That's not a good message to send to no, kids. That's... What are you doing, DC? And it's like the only fun hero that DC gets to have is Flash. Maybe Supergirl. I haven't seen Supergirl yet. I can't comment on that. It seems way. pretty light. It seems pretty light and fun. I mean, honestly, all the TV shows. Uh, Arrow started out real broody, but it's moved toward the fun and interesting. You know, I've yet to whatever. experience that. Uh, what season real, are you on? Still season two. I mean, he stays. He, he's still. They start. He's still broody all, all <laughs> along, but they they at least start. The world doesn't stay broody. I okay. guess is what I'm getting at. Like the world kind of opens up to other characters, and you see a little bit more. And uh, they start like making fun of him for being broody and stuff, which is a lot of fun. See if if they can be like self referential like that. That that's okay. Yeah, it kind of helps. TV shows. TV shows have a different life, though. You kind of have to make a choice when you're making a movie as to what tone you're going for. Yeah. Um, at least uh, bad filmmakers do. Uh, people like the Russos have been <laughs> able to strike a balance where I'm like watching Tony Stark try to murder someone. Believably, I believe he's trying to murder someone, and I believe his motivations. And then, uh, but you know, scenes early watching a young like kid, a uh, sixteen, fifteen year old kid, be uncomfortable about him hitting on his aunt. Like that's just a funny. <laughs> that's such a weird. <laughs> Mix and that's one character, and we talked about it before. But one of my favorite moments in the entirety of the MCU is when Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy at the very end, when Ronan meets Star Lord. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a dance off, bro. Uh, <laughs> it's so strange to put those two things next to each other and for them not and for them to work because the thing is, in life, that's how life actually works. And for so long, I think, um especially in American cinema, you have people choose a tone and stick with it. Yeah. And they, and they like, oh, we can't. It's just like DC was rumored to say no humor because yeah, they want to have yeah. dark. They want to have dark, intelligent movies, so they don't want to have humor. Uh, that's, people can be intelligent and even be dark and still have humor in life, in, in, in the real world. And so it's just uh, – I, I, I find it awesome that we're getting that with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're getting a good balance – 
and and a movie can swing back and forth. And obviously, there's there's things you have to do to set the tone, and you don't want to pull someone out of a certain kind of moment. There's no humor in that last that last scene in Civil War. We're not going to talk too much about it, but no. um, I guess maybe we already have. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know if I said anything too spoilery. If I did, I apologize. Um, <laughs> you, you, yeah, but there's no humor. There's just no humor. Once After a certain point, there's no humor, and that's because they know how to use humor. But then they bring it back. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, after, they, after they get it out of their system. They give you some, whew, they, yeah. let you breathe a little. Especially with Stanley and yeah. his little... Stanley's, uh, which his, let's, his let's not dig too much into Civil War. I feel like I may yeah. have already said too much if people have not seen Civil War, but if you haven't, it's your own fault. I don't apologize. <laughs> Two weeks in and you still haven't seen it. You're listening to us and you haven't seen it. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're doing over there. <laughs> um, not doing anything. Get off your ass. <laughs> you see, that's that I call back to the movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, there you go. You know, uh, you mentioned that uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy scene at the end with the dance-off, and I, I cannot remember how that scene goes after he says, uh, dance-off, me versus you, because I've seen the, the deleted scene or the, the blooper reel so many times <laughs> where it's like, me versus you, and he just goes, it's on, and then they just start dancing at each other. <laughs> that's all I see in my head for that for that scene now. <laughs> Oh man, that's, that's I need awesome. to go and rewatch the movie. Obviously, oh no, yeah. yeah the uh, I was just talking about today how much I want to rewatch that. Um, oh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about a uh, balance of light and darkness like that. Yeah, one of my favorite movies to do that well is um, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, you it's seen a that real movie? gruesome, grim. Well, gruesome. Thing. There are moments in that movie that make me cry, like legitimately make me cry, and I like from sadness. Yeah, like at the end when... Um, oh, let's not go too much into no When spoilers. there's a goodbye happening. Yeah, there's there's a few goodbyes that like... The, oh, just the gosh. last one, it, it just, it really hurts me. Yeah, there's a, there's one in particular that gets me, uh, but I don't want to spoil. Um, For but anybody yeah. who hasn't seen a decade-old movie. Yeah, but it's just such a great, great movie, and it's such a balance between darkness and depressing moments and like kind of making it real. Uh, the hum- and, and that's that's the, I think the ideal uh, when you're when you're making these movies is to try to make the world seem real. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark seems like the kind of guy who could have that darkness in him, but he also could have that kind of humor in him, and that that kind yeah. of human being can exist, and so that he can on screen as well, and it makes sense to our eyes and ears, you know, because it seems like a real person. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing with Marvel is they've always they've always strove toward. Um, this whole like the world outside your window kind of aspect of like yeah. this could be happening outside. Absolutely. Even even going to naming the cities real cities. Yeah. As opposed to being Gotham and Metropolis, you know. Um Yeah, like the, what where is Metropolis? Is yeah. that And that's and that's Is that supposed to be Chicago? That's an old that's an old thing from comics. When when Marvel decided to do its thing, it was like, you know what? Let's let's make it grounded. Let's make these heroes they're in New York. They're in yeah. Chicago. They're in you know and that's yeah. cool. And there are some, you know, fictional places like Wakanda, but Sure, 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 sure. Wakanda Sokovia, you know, those kinds of places. Sure. But like they exist to house a particular device, you know? Like Sokovia is where those where the twins are from. Wakanda is where Black Panther is from and where Vibranium is from, which is, again, a fictional material. So why not have a fictional material come from a fictional place? 
It just makes sense. Sure. And I, I'm not saying you have to have every place in a in a story be real. Uh, I'm just saying that that it helps to ground it. It helps to ground it to have. Have reference real cities like New York and Chicago. Speaking and of Black Panther, Washington. have you heard the casting news this week? I love this casting news. Man, me too. So, um, Miss uh, Miss Lupita Nyong'o, I think I'm saying that right, who uh, who was Maz Kanata, the, or the voice of, and kind of, I guess, mocap face mm-hmm. of Maz Kanata in yep. the Star Wars The Force Awakens, has joined, or well, is in talks to join, and very much likely looks to be joining the cast of Black Panther as his love interest. Yes. Um, and as much as, I haven't, I, I have not seen her other work, I've only seen her bit in Force Awakens, which obviously doesn't really show off her acting too much. Uh, I'm a, I'm Really excited about the other casting news. Why is that? You like Michael B. Jordan, I don't really you? I really like Michael B. Jordan Michael a lot. Michael B. Jordan is in talks to be joining the Black Panther cast in a possible villainous role. This will be the third time that he has worked with the director, Ryan Coogler. That makes me excited for a number of reasons. Ryan Coogler and him are work great together. I love Creed and I love Fruitvale Station. And just, it's exciting. Also, Michael B. Jordan, I don't think has ever played any a bad guy in anything. Yeah. Uh, he is incredibly likable, uh, from The Wire to Creed to uh, to everything. He, everything I've seen him in, um, he's just an incredibly likable character. And if you can have a likable villain, exactly. then you can get behind the villain. Exactly. And we learned that with likable villains, with Loki, with Kilgrave, Kilgrave, with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, the Kingpin, the Kingpin, Punisher, Punisher. Like when you can get behind the villain. It makes for a much better story and a much better yeah. conflict. And, and, and just, you have to, you don't even necessarily have to get behind them, but you have to kind of understand them and see them as a person. You have to and I think, at least identify with them a tiny bit. And I think, yeah, and I think that Michael B. Jordan is just so, so relatable of, a, of an actor that uh, I think he's going to be great in, in that movie. And I just love everything him and Coogler have done together thus far. So I am just pumped, just really pumped. There's uh, there's one more bit of a uh, a possible casting news. Uh, it's this is really, just a rumor. It's it's a very very rumor centric, <laughs> but it's it's so it would be so incredible if yeah. if it were if it were to be true because evidence is mounting toward John Boyega, who played Finn in Star Wars: The Force Awakens, yeah. being part of the Black Panther film, and. Uh, the the evidence that the, that the screen rant uh, people put together is that Boyega has been talking about his desire to be in the film for years. He's always been talking about Black Panther. There's been some social media chatter connecting the actor to Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige, with the latter following Boyega on Twitter just after he was Snapchatting about mysterious Hollywood meetings. Boyega knows Black Panther's director Ryan Coogler after the pair hung out at the premiere of The Force Awakens. And so it sounds like a that. bunch of circumstantial evidence that maybe she'll be, maybe, maybe he'll be in there. Yeah. Do you, are you a big, uh, you a big fan of his? He, you know, honestly, the first thing I saw him in was the Star Wars: The Force Awakens movie. But yeah, like, me too. That just completely just, I fell in love with him, and I was like, I want to see everything he's ever done. But you know, work's been real crazy. So, <laughs> I haven't really yeah, I uh, gone to find all those things. But with the podcast kind of tapering a little bit for the summer, we can 
find yeah, some time to catch talk up about on these some things. things. Maybe we'll watch some of these. That actually would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, let's do watches of of other, movies, other movies that like, these people are coming yeah, from. Yeah, like watch a few Lupita Nyong'o movies, watch a few Michael B. Jordan movies, and talk about how that plays into. We could uh, watch Creed. We've talked about it enough. Yeah, I, lo- I I love that idea. It's it's plenty Marvel Cinematic Universe related for us to do that. That'd be it, fun. It's just I enough actually, of a tenuous thread. I actually would love to watch um, Tom Holland's other work. Oh well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he actually seen... did a movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. We yeah. could watch that. <laughs> and didn't they, didn't he also do a movie with John Bernthal? Yeah. So yeah. Be, that would yeah. be fun to yeah. like go and just watch those movies and talk about maybe a different actor each cast for a couple weeks or something like that. Yeah, like sprinkle a, that through the summer. We're just spitballing ideas here, people. We don't know. We have we have not even talked about what we're going to do during the no, summer. No, we've been working real hard on the cast, and we're going to take a week off. I think next week, and then we're going to come back with some cool stuff. We're probably going to do a Daredevil uh, episode. Yeah, we do need because... to do a Daredevil wrap up, and we also need to do a um, Marvel looking forward kind yeah. of thing because we're at this point to where you know we are we have hit the end and this is where we have to look forward for the jumping off for you know next season next movie next uh not even next phase but like where the rest of this phase is going yeah so, i mean yeah we're just at the beginning of this phase like we want to start talking about phase four and we have discussed it a lot but man there's um uh, there's so much left of Phase Three. Yeah, there is just so much. And you know, uh, that's actually uh, one of the one of the stories that I have is Feige was talking about how Phase Three is so full and has so many things packed into it, especially with the additions of Ant Man and the Wasp and the Spider Man Homecoming movie. This this phase is turning into starting next year being three movies per year. Like, there's a lot going on with it, and the Netflix series are coming up, and there's going to be a lot of those. There's potential, there's a lot of, like, real shaky rumors on three more Netflix series coming up being Moon Knight, Blade, and Ghost Rider. Yeah, someone posted that for us, and I was like, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) With all of that, there's so much in there that it just kind of makes sense that the Inhumans being a, a very different story needs to kind of hold off a little bit just kind of not necessarily make them go away, but like just push them back to phase four, let in humans in the movies be, you know, a, a big focus on phase four or whatever. Yeah. And it was Omero Malia, by the way, that mentioned that a uh, moon Knight blade and who else? Uh, moon Knight blade and ghost rider, man, that is insane. Yeah. So uh, to quote Feige specifically, uh, or well, directly, uh, he says, the only situation right now is that it's not going to be part of phase three because phase three increased in a very good way uh, since we originally announced it. He's a time of the humans movie will not be a part of it. Yeah. 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 Sorry. When and where and how it pops up remains to be seen, but it's characters we love. It's a storyline we love. And we just didn't want to cram it into an already quite full phase three. Yeah. The only the only thing that worries me about that them moving the Inhuman Mutants movie back so far um, and seeming to be putting it on the back burner is when they started doing it on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I thought that was leading. I thought that maybe they had it coordinated, like, to lead we're going to lead the into the movie with... I was worried that it was so early, though. Yeah, no, we knew it was way early. Um, but I just, I you know, maybe they had a plan for, in four years, when the movie comes out, we'll be at this point in our storyline so that it can lead into the story they want to do with Inhumans. But we know for a fact they have not started 
even writing that probably the humans movie yeah. they don't know what what's going to they probably don't know what's going to happen in that movie yet which means I'm a little concerned they're going to like let flaws happen in the timeline which you know how much I don't like that <laughs> you know how it hurts my brain yeah I'm sorry Star Trek's coming back I will flee this universe I will <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going to sell yourself I'm going to have know. somewhere to go now I know <laughs> so um Let's see. Next up, oh, what else do we got? Oh, God, now we're just kind of throwing things together. Goodness gracious, what did we do? Um, let's go back to touch on the last thing about Civil War. There's more Funko Pop stuff coming out. We yeah. haven't seen very much in the way of, like, Spider-Man Tom Holland version, but there's gonna be, there's a four-pack coming out with, uh, it's got two keychains, one Civil or one, yeah, one Civil War Captain America, one Civil War Iron Man, there is a regular size Funko Pop of Hawkeye, and the the real winner here is Tom Holland Spider Man holding Captain America's shield yeah. in the normal size Funko. So that comes out in June, and I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'm absolutely it's pretty gonna great. Get it. That's pretty great. Um, Kurt Russell, like we said in the uh, in the rundown, has finished. He's wrapped his his filming of his scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy, and James Gunn has shed a tear in his goodbye on Twitter. Aww. And um, uh, Chris Pratt also said a, a very heartfelt uh, F-bomb dropping goodbye <laughs> as well, just saying how great he is to work with. And that really, like, it feels good to see these guys just love him so much because I love him so much. Yeah. And just everything that I've seen Kurt Russell in, I've been like, yes, that is awesome. Like, even the the not-so-great things like Broken Arrow, you know, <laughs> from <laughs> early 90s. That was not a good movie, but I loved it. Yeah. And just everything Kurt Russell touches is gold. So to have him, to have that, like, kind of icon come on to this movie is just great. And, I mean, Spielberg said that the first Guardians of the Galaxy was his favorite comic book movie ever. Oh, it's great. Yeah, because he said that he he left that film feeling a sense of, of wonder that he had just been shown something very unique and didn't feel like it needed to be gritty and... And, and dark and broody or whatever. It just, it felt fun and it knew that it was fun and it didn't take itself seriously and it was original and just everything about it was great. And I was like, yes, I too felt that way. I agree with you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, you're not wrong. <laughs> Can <No>. confirm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I got to tell you about these tweets that have been happening. Sure. Taika Watiti, who is the director of the upcoming Thor Ragnarok film, uh, took to Twitter to ask a little bit of advice from James Gunn and Peyton Reed uh, on directing. <clears throat> Prepare yourself. I'm prepared. Okay. He said, hey, guys, talking to James Gunn and Peyton Reed, when you're making one of these big movies, how many explosions are you supposed to put in? I have one. <laughs> and then he said, and it's not so much an explosion, more of a boink sound. <laughs> And Peyton Reed responded saying, hmm, that's not going to cut it, Taika. Check your contract. Marvel minimum is 42 on-screen explosions required. <laughs> and they're strict. They didn't even count my Pemtech explosion because technically it's an implosion. <laughs> and then James Gunn says 12. At 11, school buses full of kids exploding and you'll be good. People love that in superhero movies. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and, uh... 
and and responding, I, I guess to Peyton say, or yeah, to Peyton, James Gunn was saying, yeah, but that's not Marvel. That's a new federal law. <laughs> and then he asked Scott Derrickson, uh, Taika asked Scott Derrickson, who is the director of the upcoming Doctor Strange film. He says, hey man, don't tell anyone at Marvel, but I'm freaking out. Strictly confidential. <laughs> And then he says, somebody tell John Watts to join Twitter. He's going to be directing the Spider-Man film. He said, I need to know if he wants to swap titles. Spider-Man, Ragnarok, and Thor Homecoming would rule. <laughs> I just, I love the, the comical outlook on this. I really love that they're all, uh, they're all interacting in such a way. Um, yeah. Someone posted. Um, it's like a Marvel Cinematic Universe director universe. Yeah. Uh, Zed, <laughs> Zed Zell on Facebook said, uh, uh, damn y'all, have you seen this interview with Joe and Anthony Russo uh, talking about Infinity War? Uh, and there's this Infinity War um, interview. We, we, Me and Jeff actually listened to it before we started, um, and they were saying kind of the same thing, that there's a, this big sort of uh, communal artist sort of thing happening where all the directors are getting to know each other and talking and going back and forth. I believe it's called a collaborative effort yeah. at this point. <laughs> and it has to be to keep all this consistent but what's cool is it sounds like they're all kind of enjoying it and being friends and helping each other when need be. And, I mean, it's been going on for a while. They yeah. used to talk about how – They're uh, in a much Joss, better mood than Joss Whedon was. Well, you, you, but back in the day, they talked about how Joss Whedon would, like, show up on set for other movies in the universe yeah. just to, like, help him do rewrites and stuff, which is probably part of what killed him on the last movie. Yeah. Is he's, like, not only directing his own movie, but he's, like, flying in a helicopter to, like – some remote location and I'm doing on-screen on-set rewrites for stuff. Like, come on, let the man rest. <laughs> let the man rest. But. Yeah, and that and he was under uh, – that was when Feige and the Marvel Studios were still directly reporting to Ike Perlmutter as well. Yeah. They've since split to report to uh, Alan Horn over at, at Disney. And apparently, I, like from what the reports are saying, like Ike Perlmutter was very, very stingy on his money – but Disney is much more open to giving, you know, giving out money, and it's, apparently it's made for a much happier uh, uh, environment for everybody that's involved in the filmmaking. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the thing is, you've got a ex, an executive at Marvel in Kevin Feige that seems to have he doesn't always agree with his directors. Like we know that we know yeah. they've had problems, um, and 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 they've had things where they don't agree and they take people off projects or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Edward Norton, uh, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright's a big one for me. Um, Terrence Howard, but the thing about it, I'm more talking about directors, I guess, and being, being Edgar Wright. And, uh, it seems and, and and Joss Whedon, they had a big rift between them because of yeah. but it wasn't because of Over money. Particular story points. Exactly. It's not it doesn't seem like it's because of money. It seems like it's because of story points. It seems like it's because of Feige has a has an artistic direction. He needs this whole universe to move together yeah. in. And sometimes imposing that causes a particular director to push back. The and what what's great is you I, I feel like with Feige they're not so much worried about, and, and be kind of in charge now, <laughs> yeah. more so than when Perlmutter was above him. Um, it seems like they're less concerned about money and keeping costs down and more concerned about... Telling a good story. Yes, and, and telling a cohesive good story. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I love that. That's part of good, you know, to be cohesive. Oh, um... You know I want them to be cohesive. I know. You like that deep, hot continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, deep. 
do you do you think that deep, maybe deep. Zed um, on our on our feedback there yeah. had meant for it to say, uh, "Damn, y'all!" <laughs> yeah, probably. Said it. Probably. I'm not as good at reading the feedback as you are. I'm sorry. I feel like people put things in there like that to hear me say it in a fun way. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should let you. I should let you handle that. I, I mean, it's okay. Well, or it's to jump down. You'll and... know for next time. <laughs> you'll know for next time. Don't let it happen again. Sorry. <laughs> Melissa Rosenberg, who is the showrunner of Jessica Jones and is coming back for two, uh, she's saying that the supporting characters that were in Jessica Jones season one are going to play a larger role this time in season two, just to kind of build more of a support for her. Uh, She said that, uh, directly quoting her at this point, that that's the trick of a show that's called Jessica Jones. If she's not in the scene, it's a guarantee that scene will end up, or it's not a guarantee that that scene will end up in the final picture. Uh, you have to earn secondary character stories. You have to flesh them out enough so that they can eventually carry stories of their own, which is very much what season one was about. I'm hopeful that I can at least give her a day off in the six-month period. This is a very, very hardworking <laughs> woman. I think it's important that there be some balance. Yeah, talking about Kristen Ritter, obviously. Yeah, yeah, talking about Kristen Ritter. Uh, I, I, I like that. I like a lot of the secondary characters in that show, and so it would be cool to see some of them get their own stories. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's so much there, um, especially with Patsy Walker, exactly, or Trish Walker possibly turning into Hellcat. Yeah, that's a great thing. And we've got these entire this entire universe building with Electra, all the Daredevil villains, Electra and Punisher. It could easily have a Punisher drop in, yeah. or, a, or 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 another Claire drop in, or whatever. Just a, just a drop in from these other Daredevil characters. Yeah, um, that or would be Luke Cage sweet. could show up again. And uh, I forget her neighbor's name, but I loved him as a character too. The the addict. Oh, Malcolm. Malcolm. Yes, uh, I really I really liked him as a character as well. So it'd be cool to have all of those characters. I really want him to be like her assistant. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of what we got at the very end of the season. Was yeah, when he answered the phone, he answers for the phone for her. He's, he's her Karen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I got him out of trouble. Man, now. that's that story. Yeah. I need to rewatch all that. I need to rewatch everything. Netflix. It's real good. Yeah, it is. It's just real um, good. One of the things that we skipped over when I was in my Black Panther section is um, Ryan Coogler had mentioned that Black Panther is going to be his most personal movie to date, yeah. which says a lot because he makes really personal stuff. Yes. His two films are two incredibly personal films, particularly Fruitvale Station. Yeah. So uh, the thing that he said, like directly quoting him, is it's a specific challenge. What Marvel's doing and what you see a lot of studios doing now that Marvel has done it so successfully is making content that exists in a particular universe where the characters tie in and cross over. And I think that that's a great creative challenge to me uh, to make this movie as personal as possible. It's going to be my most personal movie to date, which is crazy to say, but it's completely the case. I'm obsessed with this character and this story right now, and I think it's going to be very unique and still fit in the overall narrative that they're establishing. I grew up as a comic book fan, and the same things used to happen in the comic books. You'd have Wolverine books, and they'd be so much darker and more brutal than the X-Men books, but they still fit in when you open the pages of the X-Men book. It's new to movies, but it's not new to storytelling. Ah, I love it. That's a really great quote, and I love that he cites specific things like that because, 
like the Wolverine comics were very much different from the X-Men overall comics because you know you yeah. had this like lighthearted team up and then you had this like one guy who was like i'm the best at what i do i kill things like right that's his like that's such a departure from each other but they still fit together absolutely and it's just i love that he can he sees that that needs to happen that way like that's the sign of a really great uh cohesive universe director i think yeah Instead of making great standalone films. It takes a very specific skill set. And what he said, it being a challenge, is very true. Oh, yeah. Um, To to balance the needs of the many with the needs of the few. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. Not only only does he have to make a great film about Black Panther, but he doesn't get to introduce the character. Like He gets to introduce the character's backstory a little bit, but he didn't introduce the character to everybody. Like Captain America Civil War did that. So everybody is going to understand who this character is from that, kind yeah. of. But he gets to go more in-depth with it. And I think that might actually be even better. Because it's kind of like uh, having a 1.5 in the in the movie. Like, you don't have to introduce... You get to skip over all that boring, like, Tony Stark going to the desert crap. You get to just have him be Iron Man. And then be interesting. But <laughs> still have... You, you, you call it boring. I think that part was awesome. That part was awesome. But like some people cite that as being like Snorefest during the beginning of it. And I, I, it might be. I haven't gone back and watched it since we did the rewatch. But getting to just play with this already established character and then show more depth to him when you make your film and then also having to include him in this big sprawling integrated universe and knowing that you need to do that and, and understanding how to meet that challenge. I just, I'm really excited for what he has to offer to the cinematic universe that is Marvel. Yeah. Sorry. I I had to get on my soapbox for a second. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All good, man. All good. I like it. I like it. And the, uh, the last bit of news is mostly just a, uh, when we come back for season four of agents of shield, they're going to be pushed back an hour Inhumans is not the only thing that got pushed back. Oh, really? They're pushed back an hour later at night. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. They're gonna, they're gonna be the, um, I think the, what is it? What's taking their spot fresh off the boat. I think it's taking their spot (laughs) and they're moving an hour later. That is not a good thing for the for the uh, for the for for them. I mean, that's the worst time slot. Nine o'clock is no longer prime time. I mean, may, I don't know if you consider it prime time or not, but like seven seven and eight o'clock are the prime time shows. Nine o'clock is the beginning of like the kind of later night television, and that's a lot of people are citing it as being a, mo- a good move toward letting them be grittier or letting uh, them be yeah. darker and and do more uh, adult oriented things not like not like sex scenes but you know just more brutal but why not i mean (laughs) because that's where that's where daredevil comes in and and jessica jones true true anyway no but yeah netflix stuff comes in i think that that is going to be um bad for the show's ratings i mean just straight up it's it's gonna be hard i mean not that i ever watch it when it comes on anyway or like on actual television who does we're part of the plus three crowd yeah i'm part of the hulu crowd right here um (laughs) so so that's not gonna affect the way i watch it but i definitely see how it could affect other people speaking of ratings not being awesome for marvel shows i just thought of another thing agent carter has a, a petition out well not like specifically Agent Carter, but 
We shared, I shared on, uh, on our page a change.org petition to save Agent Carter by bringing her to Netflix. That, that now has over 95,000 signatures on it. Yeah. And we've gotten several people. Like, I keep getting emails of like, you got this person to join up. You got this person to sign. You got this person to sign. I'm oh, like, that's nice. I did I? That. Because I just kind of posted it on our page. And that's great. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank for you on board. guys for getting on board. Uh, I hope that you're all involved in the tweet going on right now that uh, is basically begging for Netflix to save Agent Carter and make it a trending topic. I know that this is going to come out later than uh than that but if yeah, you were so, a part of it thank you yeah so let's, uh, I, let's bring I would agent I, carter to netflix yeah i would love for agent carter to go to netflix and i'd I love think she would tell better stories on netflix i want to see her start shield yeah that's we need that we need at least that much yeah even if they did like uh, a, a netflix or even an abc like a couple of movies or something to like wrap up the story yeah that's what i'd really like to see yeah like they don't they don't need to tell another like fifties level story, but it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if if we got to see that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for more of what they've been doing. But I will say, I would like to see something a little more out of the show. I would. Yeah. So I'm not. It was. I mean, and I've said that it's not my favorite content of the whole cinematic universe, but but it's I still like good. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still very. good. It's still real good. And then like we're not getting. Uh, we're not getting. Marvel's Most Wanted, and we're not getting... That's right. Yeah, but uh, Justin Goddard, yeah. thanks for posting that. Um, Agent Carter was canceled, and Mo- Marvel's Most Wanted, both uh, not... Not picked up Not again. picked up again. So that's a sad thing. Yeah. Uh, no news on damage control yet, although we're expecting that it's going to be, um, like they said, a live pilot or whatever. Um, a pilot that we get to watch. I forget what, a, what the specific term for it is. Uh, I don't know. I forget but that. It's, yeah, it's going to be a pilot that we get to watch, so at least we'll get the pilot. Uh, so we push need to, pilot. Yeah, push pilot. A push pilot. I remember now. Um, so there's word that that's going to be a push pilot, so we'll get that at least. Um, so we all need to tune in, obviously, to watch that and 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 get it to the point of being an actual show. And um, we still have the Cloak and Dagger series that it's uh, being developed for the other ABC family. There's a whole, it was a whole bunch being, uh, being developed for television, but I think the more people, people are loving the Netflix stuff so much. Yeah. I feel like they're going to want to move more toward that anyway. So yeah, that, that seems like the logical jump. Of course you kind of have different, different delivery options and different levels of darkness for different kinds of people. Uh, different ages and such. Like, I feel like Marvel's Agents of Shield is a little more accessible for for kiddos than like uh, Jessica Jones is. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> so that's the, and Daredevil. Like the Netflix, both Netflix shows so far have been dark to the point that I'm not sure I'd show my child that until they're a little older. You know. Yeah. Um. Whereas Agents of Shield, they have some parts where I'm like, ooh, that was gruesome, but it's mostly the themes aren't so dark. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's fair. All right, man. Well, uh, let's get into some feedback. Yeah, okay. I can do that. <laughs> Got a whole bunch of feedback. Some of it's Civil War. I, tra- I tried to take out any Civil War that would actually spoil things. So if you are a... Uh, if you are... If you're sensitive. super sensitive, you may want to skip forward a little bit to our episode review, but uh, I don't think you'll have any 
I don't think there's any actual spoilers, but if it wasn't spoilery, it was just talking about Civil War, I left it in. And I figure okay. most of our listeners have heard, have seen Civil War by now. I would hope so. Uh, Sherman Smith says to us on Facebook, Wow, I've seen every episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the current one is my favorite. Right after I saw the best Marvel movie ever, Civil War. Marvel is killing it. Agreed. Stamp of approval. Sherman <laughs> Smith is correct. <laughs> Can confirm all of this is accurate. <laughs> Uh, Joe Sanders said to us on Facebook, uh, the finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. brings the total runtime for the MCU up to 122.42 hours or 5.1 days long and no end in sight. It's a magical place. <laughs> I love that. I love the callback to it's a magical Tahiti. place. Tahiti. Tahiti. Um, which I'm, I, th- I think Star Trek's around 10 days right now. God, that's so much. So we're halfway there, Marvel. We're halfway there. We're not doing that again. What? We're not living on a prayer this time. <laughs> not this time. You're right. You're right. I don't want to do that again. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited. But Star Trek is coming out with a new series. They're like, they're like, all right, we got they're fighting back. Like, we got, <laughs> we got to pull ahead a little bit more. Yeah. They, they've got, they, we've got to make some more content before the cinematic <laughs> universe gets through five more days worth of content. How long do we have? Probably like ten minutes. You better hurry. <laughs> um, well, there's another season of something about to drop on Netflix, yeah. so like you better get on it. Star Trek has to work if they're going to stay ahead. I don't know that they will. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's well. There's going to be what 13 hours in September for Luke Cage, just all at once. Oh yeah, and we're gonna. I mean, it, they're doing like a day and a half per year or something like that at this point. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty close to a day and a half per year in just Netflix stuff. Uh, I, I was considering the other because they're doing about two series a year plus a series of Marvel and Shield. That's about a day and a half. Um, and and, and okay. I'm and I'm currently doing the math as straight hours, and they're actually more like forty two minutes. So well, the Agents of Shield one are uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah I realize that. Um, but that means you need two you need two netflix series to make a day of content basically yeah but they it sounds like they're going to be putting out 3 a year we don't soon. know that so we far don't. so far they've done 2 a year That's so fair. we'll see if we'll see if they go to 3 I this really year i really want them to <laughs> <laughs> just because i want them to doesn't mean it's going to happen yeah oh my yeah, god yeah. so brandon said to us on uh, on twitter at mcu cast love you guys truly i do but i think the word is humorous not humorful Hashtag #bloopers i'm pretty sure that was me uh yeah, sometimes when I'm on the podcast and I'm trying to say things and I know a lot of people are listening, I just can't come up with the right words, but I also want to just move on. <laughs> so I just say what word. I was like, I almost, I think I know what time you're talking about. And I almost said, it's so, and I almost said full of humor and that sounded clunky. So I just said humorful, <laughs> you know, it just happens. It happens. Nah, man, you just got to own it and just be like, man, I bend the English language to my will. That's right. So there. <laughs> I fully incepted the English language. It is now my bitch. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I kill graved the English language. Oh, whoa. Hold up. English sir. language bows to my will. <laughs> wow. That's, you got dark on it. I did. Got I mean, least, get, you, you had a purple tint for a second. <laughs> went a little, a little worried. Ooh, Matt, went a little purple, didn't you? <laughs> 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 going purple. <laughs> Better watch out. I'm going purple. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the Netflix thing is going purple because you got the movies. Should it, should I go green? <laughs> go green, go purple. Like, doesn't matter. You're, yeah. It's all bad. Yeah, yeah. It's all bad. It's kind of like back in the day uh, you had going blue is like uh, going a little dirty in comedy. 
Oh, yeah. But okay. going real dark is going purple. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You ever heard the Gogo Bordello song, Start Wearing Purple? No. I think I might have to edit the Jessica Jones series to that song because it's great. That's fair. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. <laughs> Start wearing purple for me now. It's super great. That's really scary. Yeah. What you're doing right there. Yeah, I think it could be a really... Uh, and how excited you are also has me worried. So, years ago... Okay, I have this habit of... I, I do creative things for a living. Like, I play music for a living. Yeah. I have a habit of when it gets really busy and I'm really stressed out about music stuff, I have a habit of, like, taking a week off or taking a day off and just doing something completely different. And now for something completely different. Uh, I think it's part of the reason I started the podcast. I was like, I need something else. I need something fun creative because music right now is stressful. And so I go and do something else creative. Uh, One of of the things I did was I made a Klingon mask, like a full-on, like – I casted my own head and like I actually did the cast and I built the bridges and I did another a reverse cast and built a latex mask for myself. Wow. Yeah, it took like two weeks to like make an actual Klingon. That's really intense. Forehead man. Headpiece. I know, it was real <laughs> intense. Um, so I did, did do stuff like that. But one of the things I did was I found a perfect song one day, a Jack Johnson song that went perfectly with a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> I know, it's That's so, so random. So I spent like hours editing it perfectly. <laughs> and it only made sense if you had seen the Doctor Who episode and were super familiar with it. And so I just like made like really, uh, this real intense edit of a video. You made a really specific video. Yeah, and I loved just it. for you. I love doing it. How many views on YouTube did it get? Like three? Oh, it got taken down like immediately. <laughs> but it's, I, think it's, I think it's on Facebook. I think I like, I left it on Facebook. But yeah, like. That's fair. I yeah, I worked real hard on it. <laughs> YouTube didn't care. YouTube didn't care at all. Well, it's because it's not your content, sir. I know. Why can't they just monetize and give it to Jack Johnson? That's fair. And BBC. Yeah. <laughs> Because they might not have their contact information. They're not on cash. This was like 10 years ago. They're not using the cash I bet app. now it probably wouldn't get taken down as easily. Back then, things just got taken down immediately because they were like, that's our content. These days, people just tend to monetize it and move on. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, go ahead and cut you, us in. You can, leave that in. you can leave that up. That's fan content. We like it. Just, uh, you know. Because slide, slide a little bit this way. Slide it. Slide a little over. So uh, let's move on to the next one. We right. tangented pretty hard. Uh, Walkabout Bob said to us on Twitter at MCU Cast. I don't think you guys have mentioned yet the soundtrack for Hashtag Civil War was perfect, creating emotionally enthralling soundscapes. Third movies in a trilogy almost never have the best soundtrack. I think this is the rare exception. Cool. You know, Henry Jackman did do a fantastic job on that film score. Yeah, I loved it. I, I like I specifically was talking about that uh, on my way out of the second viewing. Like somebody that I had gone to see it with in my uh, costuming guild group, um, she was like, "Who did the music on that?" I was like, "Oh, that was Henry Jackman." You're welcome. Yeah, he. It was great. It was great. I uh, I tend to not. It's funny as a musician, I tend to not pay attention to the score at all. How dare you? I know it's weird. It's uh, odd. But after the fact, like if I if I I don't know. Yeah, I like I I more just let it 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 just happens in the background for for me and I just like feel the music I guess. So anytime I've seen a movie that I know was like really emotionally impactful, the music was probably great. <laughs> uh, but it led me there as much as I should. Just didn't see it unless it's really really uh, abnormal or whatever. Yeah, 
but I know I remember in the the first the Amazing Spider-Man when uh, when he was in the lab looking for Doctor Connors, the music in that scene just really put me out of the movie. Like it just threw me off because it was so just abrupt and odd. Huh? Just didn't like it. Yeah. Sometimes when things are it's too abrupt or too odd or so different that they really are interesting and pique my interest. Yeah. It's a, but but the best the best music for me falls into the background and just it becomes a part of the movie. Yeah. Um but uh but but I mean obviously other people don't don't listen the same way I do. Yeah, that's fair. You know the uh the score of Guardians of the Galaxy is actually a really great score that Tyler Bates did. Yeah. Uh like along with the uh the Awesome Mix Volume 1 that was that was in the movie yeah. like the score when um oh, what is it? There's the particular point that I'm most thinking about is when um, they're assaulting uh, the ship that Ronan is on. I can't remember the name of it for some reason. But when the Ravagers like lay down their cover and right. Yondu says, cover down, submerge, and they all fly down. Like The music right there is just it, – it wells up inside me to where I'm just like, I need to see it again yeah. like, every time I hear it. And it it always like I always see that scene happening, and I'm just like I'm saying the words. I'm like flying ships with my hands. Yeah, like, it's real good. I get into it. It's just, a really really good moment. It really is. Anyway, next up, uh, Jason Hicks said to us on Twitter at MCU Cast with the Bluth stair car in Civil War. Does that make Arrested Development included in MCU canon? Yes, uh, yes, I believe it is. I think it was recently announced that Spider Man will be visiting the banana stand. <laughs> no, he's gonna work there. <laughs> 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 he has to work there as a side job. <laughs> he like works with George Michael at the banana stand. <laughs> that would be that would be perfect if they did that. I would, ju- and they don't even have to mention that it's the Bluth banana stand, but just like have uh, somehow have a younger version of Michael Sarah. Oh, they <laughs> like, probably they probably got his face logged. Yeah, somewhere. They, they just digitally de-age him like they did Robert Downey. Yeah, and just yeah, like throw go. him into the. They've scene. proven they can do that easy. Yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. Totally worth it for the Easter egg. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, it's weird that the blue stair car has made it overseas. Yeah, it is strange. It is strange. How did it drive there? Uh, I don't know. Carefully. Very carefully. <laughs> I was listening to uh, Fat Man on Batman this week. Yeah. and um, I think he mentioned that specifically. On there, when they were talking about uh, Civil War, oh, he, he mentioned that they were like the blue stair cars there. So I don't, now I got across over like it was in Germany. I don't remember him mentioning that. I remember he was talking about the the, the movie and how it appears in all these different places. And he was thinking when it says Germany, and then he, they're like going up into the airport. He was like, "Man, they really like." And for he said, for just a second, I was so wrapped up. My mind said, "Like, uh, I'm gonna misquote him here," but he said something like. Man, I can't believe they went to Germany to shoot this. <laughs> and then he's like, then I realized, like, I'm a filmmaker. I know how this works. They don't have to actually be in Germany <laughs> to, to, to say it's But they Germany. did go to Germany. Oh, was it in Germany? There was a Germany unit. Yeah. There was a Germany unit? Yeah, yeah. a unit. But, like, probably the big fight scene wasn't shot there. I, I don't know Maybe Maybe parts of it. Who, you never who knows? know. <laughs> who knows? I think the Russo brothers may know. Nope, probably not. No, they don't. They don't know nothing. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. Yoda Hughes said to us at MCU cast Jeff or Jeff different spelling question mark exclamation mark question mark. All right, I think you can just say Jeff. I think you know what he means. Okay. <laughs> Saw Mexico. I raise you seeing another dangerous nation. 
North Korea. That's a that's a much more dangerous nation. You sir, how did you see North Korea, Yoda? Who Yoda? You need to expound on that. He went to he went to Asia for his honeymoon. Remember? Yeah, but you can't like get into North Korea very easily. No, I, can, I don't believe. No, you can in South Korea. You can walk up to like where the line is and just kind of look at it. And be like, oh, they would fire at me. Yeah, and they have, I think they have like the militarized zone and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to hear more. Please, please let us know, Yoda Hugh. You should just <laughs> please expand for on my how. own for my own interest. I just want to know how you just talk to North Matt. Korea. Just just call in yeah. and talk to Matt. Hit me up. <laughs> Gargo Manshark said to us on Twitter at MCU Cast. Small note on your Civil War feedback episode. Contrary to your guess, Cat probably has seen Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and he included a meme that has Spider Man saying, "You ever see the really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back?" <laughs> and then it sh- uh, it's the Notebook from the Winter Soldier is the next picture, and it shows Star Wars having been scratched out. And then it's uh, Captain America from the Avengers saying, "I understood, I understood that, that reference. reference." Well, you know, I took that 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 uh, that little bit with the scratched out of Star Wars in the in the Winter Soldier movie as being someone saying, "Like, no, no, don't see Star Wars. You need to see Star Trek. That's oh, the one yeah. that they should." tell you to go see that's funny yeah but, no i i think uh, i think he's i think it's him scratching through but it is the only thing he scratched through on his list so that makes yeah. me wonder <laughs> like <laughs> the moon landing is like oh okay i watched the video yeah you'd think he would have that would that probably would be the first thing you do when you if, if from that list it's probably the first thing yeah i need to find out that we went to another astral body <laughs> like, that's a pretty big deal it's a little bit of a big thing <laughs> so like yeah just yeah. i i saw it as him saying like oh well sorry i shouldn't watch this i should watch this one anyway uh let's see next up rob uh, said to us on twitter at mcu cast lol at y'all saying 29 is really young um it is really young we're old men how old are you i'm 29 okay i don't remember us saying 29 was young no, no, but i'm no. sure we did sorry i'm 28 you're 28? Really? Yeah, in two weeks I'm going to be 29. I didn't realize you're that young. Sorry. All right, I'm the old one here. Yeah, we, we've established that. Yeah, I'm sure we have. <laughs> I forget everything about people. <laughs> I, real, real I didn't asshole. know that we were saying that I was really young. I thought that we were saying that Tom Holland was really young because he was 19. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember us saying 29 was really young, but I'm sure yeah, we, we did. We say a lot of things. We say a lot of things. We're talking on our ass most of the time. <laughs> Remember that lack of integrity thing we talked about? <laughs> yeah, that's us. <laughs> Nathaniel Muzzy says to us on Facebook, I know I'm late to the party, but I finally got to see Civil War Tuesday, the only Marvel movie I didn't see on opening day. And shame on you for it. Shame. For shame. Ding, ding, ding. Shame. Ding, 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 ding. Shame. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> We're going to follow Nathaniel around with a bell. It's going to be cold there. (laughs) And caught up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. today. I would call the movie and show amazing, but the crossover, adequate. There's probably not much I can say that hasn't been said, but I'm happy to be caught up with the rest of you. It was slightly odd watching the Peggy Carter funeral with the rumors swirling her show was going to end. Seems like a double meaning. Agent Carter wasn't my favorite Marvel property, but I found myself oddly saddened by its end. 
As much as I love the Netflix shows, I would hate to see Marvel disappear from network slash cable television. Hopefully Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. keeps going, Cloak and Dagger is good, and Most Wanted slash Damage Control merit going to series. Also, Agent Carter better get a miniseries slash TV movie. I need resolution to that cliffhanger. Even if they did it as a comic, I would be happy. Mm, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I don't think I would be happy with a comic. Um, <laughs> I think I need... It's because you hate reading. No, no, I just don't... Because this is the thing. People disavow comics all the time. They're like, well, we told the story in the comics, but now it's we're going to make it on TV, and this is the real version. Yeah. Um, comics... Fair. Comics to me would not be real MCU. <laughs> Even though they make tie-in comics, yeah. you know that if something came up and they wanted to do something in the movie that... Uh, Fury's Big Week would just be out. Yeah, exactly. It would just be like, oh, yeah, the, that's a comic. It doesn't matter. We're going to do whatever we want in the movies or the television <laughs> show. Um, did you know that Grant Ward got an, an introduction in the comics? I did. I think we talked about it last week did or we? a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I believe so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I remember not bringing it up, but like just saying, "Oh, that's a comics thing." Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Sorry. Oh, I think that was it. I just. I also want there to be resolution. Yeah. <laughs> to Agent Carter. That's fair. Uh, Joe Sanders said to us on Facebook, uh, well, with no Marvel's Most Wanted, they're definitely going to bring Bobby and Hunter back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., making their departure episode even more pointless. Agreed. I don't know that they're going to bring them back. They may not. But it would be really sad if it seems didn't. like they will, and it seems like kind of dumb that they went away. It was dumb, but I just never, I never thought it was very interesting that they left. Yeah, yeah. When was that again? Oh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, oh, and and uh, with the events of tonight, they might already be back. Yeah, being you know, being six months later. Yeah, the shows they show uh, for 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 not to spoil anything yet, but yeah, there's a six months later, and who knows? They might they're probably already back. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're not going to explain it and just yeah, be they're like, just yeah, like they're just back. Yeah, they're just back. It's fine. It's, it's cool. Who cares about Russia? They're back. <laughs> uh, Matthew Ryan Cronin said to us on Facebook, for how much you guys love continuity, I'm surprised you missed the get off your ass comment by Scarlet Witch from Hawkeye in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Age sorry, of Ultron. Age, Age of Ultron. Yeah, not totally us. missed that. Uh, what's that? He, she said it to him in this one. Yeah, she said it to him, but he said it to her like a scene before in, uh, in Civil War. Oh, yeah. When he was getting her out and, and Vision was all electrocuted at the time you're just cool like, gotta get off your ass like you want to be you want to you want to sit around and mope or damn i need to see the movie again i guess uh you want to sit around and mope you can stay at home but you want to help you want to be a hero gotta get off your ass mm. i did there was also and that was an age of ultron as well the uh the scene where he's trying to convince her to be an avenger well not necessarily trying to convince her but uh, just, yeah, I think he's trying to convince her. Well, he was saying he's like, giving her the inspirational speech to yeah, come if, be an Avenger. If you stay here, that's cool. I'll send your brother to find you. That's whatever. But if you're going to go out that door, you're an Avenger. Yeah, I don't remember him saying "get off your ass." I don't either. Point. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not where he, where it comes from. I don't know. Uh, okay, so Matthew, I did miss it, and I'm still missing it. Tell us what's up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. We're very honest about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as I love continuity, I don't have the best memory. So like, I have to have to really dig in. Sometimes. I love that that's continuous so that I can watch it over and over and not remember it. I was very proud of myself for uh, catching the Captain America line in a, 
in the Civil War trailer um, when he says, "I could do, do this all day." I was super, I was super proud of myself for remembering that small bit of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's because it's such an iconic moment for me yeah. personally. I just love that moment. Yeah. Um, well, he said it twice in the first Avenger. Oh, did he? Yeah. I think we discussed this a couple weeks ago. And see, that's how bad my memory is. He said it at the end uh, when when they were at the Hydra base and. Um, he was being smacked around by Red Skull. He's like, I could do this all day. Nice. And he said, Oh, I'm sure you could, but I haven't the time. That's and then cool. He goes away. So okay, so it's a so it's the third second callback to that. Neat. It's double callback. <laughs> we got callbackception going on. Uh, Sherman Smith said on uh, Facebook, Does Marvel have the rights to Alpha Flight? If they're looking for great characters who are gay, North Star would be a great start. I don't think that they have Alpha Flight because that would be tied X, up in X Men. Probably it is mostly mutants, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Alpha Flight's considered like the Canadian X Men, basically. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're gonna commit Canadian X Men. That's pretty much it. Come on, why are you laughing? It's just it's a really funny way to think about it. <laughs> also, it wouldn't be a start. We got Joey. Joey is already in the universe. Yeah, he is an LGBT character, uh, but. Uh, I think it's yes. expanded to LGBTQ at this point. Right, right. Yeah. That's so just that's gonna get crazy. LGBTQ. <laughs> you gotta put some vowels in there, people. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably make a word if you just come up with some sort of uh moniker for a set a subset of people that has a vowel at the beginning. Come on. <laughs> like asexual people. Yeah, there you go. Asexual, that's one vowel. We got one. <laughs> All right, let's work on this. Come on, okay, we got. Let's brainstorm L- some more. LGBTQ with an A. I still don't think that fixes the problem. <laughs> That's not enough vowels. Look at attack. <laughs> we All got right. attack at the end. We, we got attacked it on. We got to move on before we get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a tendency to get ourselves in trouble. I know, and we don't mean any malice toward anyone. We just we're just I dumb. Think I think <laughs> we're it's just fu- stupid. I think it's funny that there's not a vowel in there. <laughs> like just legit. We're just. Stupid is all it is. <laughs> okay, and we're about to get into a section of our feedback, oh, which geez. I think we're going to pare down, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> we got about 15 people telling us what orange slices meant in the uh, in the Civil War movie. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, because we didn't know because, you know, we don't sports and we're not parents. Okay, so what, t- read, read us one. Okay. Read us one, uh, one that encapsulates the, all. The one that kind of brings it all together, Kayla Sieben said on Facebook, Hey guys, just in case no one has thrown this at you yet, I'm listening to the listener's feedback episode for Civil War. Orange slices are a really popular snack to give out to kids at recess or sports functions to replenish electrolytes after vigorous physical activity. Wink emoticon. So to me, it kind of puts a funny take on the airport fight scene like Cap and Tony or the team coaches and the rest of the kids on the soccer team. Ha! But great movie, great feedback from you guys as always. Yeah, that was my favorite one, my favorite of the feedbacks as well. I liked that one a lot because... Uh, there were some that were just like, guys, you are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, I, that was the I most, know. <laughs> that was the most kind-hearted. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I just like how she equates Cap and Tony to the coaches of the teams yeah. and they've been out skirmishing. It was like a soccer skirmish or whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah, and uh, like uh, Winter Soldier is the ball. <laughs> Quinjet is the goal. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I we. It seems like most of the people who commented on that were parents. So if you if I may be wrong about that, you're either parents or you are young enough that you recently played soccer. 
me with that being a thing having never played a sport really since <laughs> i was like six and yeah, uh, i played baseball when i was seven yeah same here same here That's six it. or seven i played baseball uh and then uh and then having not any children orange slices didn't really mean that i kind of got what he meant like he needs orange slices it's like he needs a comfort thing to like that's what i said vitamin c but it did not register what uh what it would that was that he was he was referencing soccer practice that makes sense though makes sense i like it uh, it makes perfect sense now that i have been told about it yeah we just don't function in that world at all. (laughs) i don't function as a parent (laughs) Just in general. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, there's so many of these. Yeah, we're scrolling we're scrolling past about fifteen people that wrote in to tell us about orange slices. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Again, we're dumb. <laughs> we are that. We are that. Should we go with this uh, this here email, even though it includes orange slices? Oh, I think it's all orange slices. Right? Am I wrong? I don't think so. Maybe not. Oh, no, yeah, it is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's completely orange slices. God, that's a long email about orange slices. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you planned to cut this out, but now I'm not because that was really fun. Uh, <laughs> I think we right. start, we're starting with Jordan. Jordan said to us on Twitter <laughs> and to you, Kaz. After all of the orange slice talk. Oh, jeez. Sorry, guys. We we just didn't know. Again, we're dumb. We're dumb. We're dumb. <laughs> we're dumb guys. Uh, Jordan it said at MCU cast, referring to Civil War feedback, Loki isn't dead, neither is Nebula. That is true. We were talking about the fact that most we may have said something like they kill off all their all their bad guys, but yeah. we we we, uh, we realize they're not all dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, Loki, Nebula, uh, and uh, Punisher. And Fisk are all not dead currently. Yes. So and Zemo. And Zemo. So there's there's there are some they're starting to build a little bit of a and Blonsky, and Blonsky and the leader and the leader yeah. Uh, so there's there, there's some out there, but for the most part, they a, a lot of their villains have been one and done. Yeah, like Ironmonger in the beginning. There was actually, the, if you recall, we talked about a story where Jeff Bridges had mentioned there was supposed to be a scene at the end where, like, the the crew is, like, pulling back the rubble or whatever, and they find his suit in the middle of it, and it's empty. Oh, wow. And no, I didn't been, remember that. That would have been really interesting to see, I think. But instead, he's just dead. It's just assumed he's dead. Yeah. Because he fell into the arc reactor. Yeah. They... they... They have had a habit of killing off their villains, which I don't mind, really. I just want them... It's so much easier to make a compelling villain if they have more screen time. And they yeah. de- they devote so much of their screen time to their heroes' stories, it's hard for them to make compelling villains without with a one-movie arc. Yeah. But they're they're doing that more and more, so I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dre Thompson said to us on Facebook, in the Civil War feedback cast, Matt mentioned the new Fantastic Four being on HBO. I beg you not to watch it. I did, and halfway through, I was forcing myself to finish it as punishment for starting it. <laughs> yeah, believe me, I have been fighting that uh, battle in my brain all weekend. Uh, it's been up on HBO, and I keep like, you know, I could watch that, or I could watch more Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> uh, I could watch this, or I could watch something good. Yeah, there's there's lots of good mm. content out there. And I feel like at some point I want to sit down and watch it and just experience it. Uh, maybe drunk, maybe drunk would be better. My my yeah. my friend Kelly um, has been talking about how much she liked BVS, 
and then it came out that she was just super drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll like it more when we're trash. And I was like, and so she keeps she keeps hearing me say how much I didn't like it, and she keeps going, "But I really liked it. I don't understand why." And I keep going, "You were drunk." And she's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I was really drunk." She's like, <laughs> "Wow, that's super, wow. super great, super great." Fantastic Four came out on Blu-ray slash DVD, didn't it? I mean, it has to have to be on HBO. I don't know. Actually, I think sometimes those premium networks get them for a couple weeks before they go on DVD, but I'm not sure. I don't remember that ever happening. I don't remember it either. I don't remember it coming out because, like, no one cared. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be a huge (laughs) release when it happens. Yeah. If if it hasn't happened already. That's so random. Anyway. Sorry. Brian Keegan said to us on Facebook, I don't mean to start controversy, but I have no other place to talk about this. <laughs> I, love, I love that we're the, we're, the, we're the ground for this to happen. <laughs> he, he comes to us like, guys, he I, comes can, to us I like, can only talk to you <laughs> about this. We need to talk about your friends. <laughs> I like, it's it's like, kind of exactly that. It's like when you see someone doing something so wrong. You, you all will get what we mean in a second. It's like when you see something doing something so wrong, but you're not close enough with them to really confront them about it. So you go to their friend like your friend is really in trouble. <laughs> your friend is drunk. Your friend is really you, and drunk. Th- they're going to drive. They're, they're <laughs> drunk. You need and to take their keys away. They're driving the podcast. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so, so uh, what does he say? I don't mean to start controversy, but I have no other place to talk about this. I genuinely feel sorry for the DC on-screen guys. <laughs> they had to defend their BVS movie so heartily that they couldn't have possibly been in the right mindset to enjoy Civil War. Let's be honest. If you can enjoy BVS more than Civil War, you probably went in to watch Civil War with a fairly big chip on your shoulder. Much love to their podcast, but I can't possibly listen to them critique Marvel movies. It's very frustrating to listen to someone so actively try to dislike something so great as Civil War, which makes me feel sorry for them that they probably felt the same way for BVS. In summation, as comic book fans, we need to all try to be excellent to each other. That's what the great ones would want. (laughs) And a picture of Bill and Ted. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> so, I think, okay, until, until oh, say, you, you posted this, Brian. Brian posted this about DC on screen hating Civil War. And I was a couple episodes behind on DC on screen. So I went and listened to this episode just to see what they were actually saying because I wanted to see if I agreed. Because uh, it's possible there are points uh, to be said about Civil War that like I would agree with. And there was one nitpick of all the nitpicks, and there were many, uh, that 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 had a small leg to stand on, and that is that Civil War didn't feel much like a Civil War. Much like, which is a lot of what I felt about Batman v Superman, is Batman v Superman didn't feel like Batman v Superman. Yeah, like, Um, and and it didn't feel like Batman and Superman. They have a they have a small fight scene, and then it's quickly resolved. Uh, Martha, By a name, Martha, 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 and then uh, and then they go in and and they work together to take down Doomsday. Why like, did you say that name? That's and then they yeah they did the the really big trope of like let's come together to fight the real bad guy. He's right yes. there, and that's what was beautiful about Civil War is that they really did misdirect us so hard, and I love that misdirection. In the in DC On Screen's cast, they say how much they hated that misdirection. Um, I, well, it, uh, I don't what, like being led to something and then having that taken away. What this means, you guys, is we are going to have to have a podcast with all four of us 
and we're going to have to argue their our points as civilly as we can. Oh, that's going to be We're going to have our own civil war. I haven't talked to the guys about this yet, but we are going to have to get them over here you know, and have our own civil war cast. Oh, man. You know, uh, or, uh, Charles has talked about us DC. all four having a panel at DragonCon. Yeah. That's, that's Marvel versus DC films. I feel like we, we talked about that in the past, and they have always said... But why would we argue that? Marvel movies are better. But they legitimately feel like that BVS is better than, Mar- than Civil War. And it is just not. It is, you are on the wrong side of history here, my friend. <laughs> just the, <laughs> the wrong side of history. Um, it is just not as good. Battle of the battles. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, I respectfully disagree with my friend Dave. <laughs> I and I, I will say, disagree. Jay, he, he tweeted out that Jason actually liked the movie. Jason didn't do much to defend the movie on the cast. He does say a few positive things. but uh, and, and to be honest, Dave did too. Dave says in their cast, you can go to DC on screen. It's their most recent episode. Um, he, he, he says that he loves it from the moment Spider-Man enters it to through from the, the moment air. Queens is on the screen. Queens is on the screen all the way through... Um, the end of the airport. The, the end of the airport scene, um, and I—that's that's definitely the most fun part of the movie. That yeah. part is so full of joy. Um, Act two is great. Yeah, and then it just seems crazy, it seems bonkers to me that they don't like the rest of the movie where it's about serious issues. When like they love the serious issues movie, they love the serious issues movie that. You don't care about the characters at all. Like, I, I just, I just don't. I just like I'm listening to it, and I just, I love you, Dave. I love you so much. But you're wrong. We have had many disagreements over the years. We've been friends since we were six. We have had many disagreements, and I feel like this is the first time we're going to have a public disagreement. <laughs> Come out of the shadows, we're gonna, disagreement. We're gonna bring our bring our disagreements out of all the parking lots we've talked in and talk about it on the cast because we mostly agreed on most of these uh, things. Because honestly, they've they've from from this point back, they've always said that they agree. Marvel just makes better movies for the most part, but they do. They still are, and they think they've turned a corner, and I don't think they've turned a corner. <laughs> um, so. Uh, anyway, I'm calling you out, uh, DC on screen. Come on the show, and, uh, and no, we'll, let's just do a big GST. Like, I want to do it with the four of us because I think it's okay, a more controlled fair. environment. When we do the big ten person cast. I love it; it's a lot of fun. But we can't like really dig into issue by issue and that's actually fair. have a conversation. I think with the four of us, we could have like a pretty serious. Probably we could set it up in person too because we're all we don't need to do it. Three person. of us live in Birmingham. I get mad. Yeah, that'd be super fun, though. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you actually get angry at them. That'd be funny. <laughs> Why would that be? F- Who likes that? No one. No one likes it. You shouldn't get angry, man. Exactly. Maybe you got one more piece of feedback before we go into our shield cast. Okay, let's move on. What's your favorite uh, thing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Or actually, he said the Marvel. He said Spider Man's in there, which uh, Spider Man's technically in the MCU now, now. but no Spider Man movies have been. But no, yeah. So I don't know if he means Spider Man movies, but but I think it's safe to say your favorite Marvel thing is probably going to be in the cinematic universe. Yeah, easily. I mean, it's not like it's Fantastic Four. So, favorite thing? Oh man, that's hard to say because like, pick one movie. mm -hmm. Or a season of a television show. Don't you make me do this. A movie or a season of a television show. Mm. Gotta get specific. (sighs) 
Okay, it's not that serious, Jeff. The thing that I most enjoyed watching over and over again was Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And it was just, it was so unique in itself. And it was a story that I wasn't entirely familiar with. So I didn't know the origin of it as much. And it was just, it was really fun. Yeah. It was really just really fun. I hate to copy you, but I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy as well. That That was my answer. Um, I mean, I could have wait. I could have. I could have gone first. It would have been the same. Now I gotta say Thor. Because <laughs> he's my favorite. Yeah, you like Thor as a character. I think probably better. But yeah. I Guardians of the Galaxy is so good. Just the, one of the. I mean, one. It's one of my favorite movies. Period. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I could say that about any of the other MCU. I mean, like, not. I love them all, but like, when I think of my favorite movies, Serenity, um, uh. High Fidelity, a few other like great comedies and great uh, Fight Club. Love Fight Club. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ah, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is my favorite comedy. But like Guardians of the Galaxy is up there as one of those like top five favorites. Yeah. Uh, to... <laughs> favorite space opera. Favorite space opera. Favorite comic book movie. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is it. So yeah, that's cool. It's glad, or I'm glad that we share thoughts with Spielberg. Yeah, you know, it's uh, a <laughs> great makes minds sense. think alike. Yeah, great minds think alike. <laughs> Uh, and we have a uh, voicemail as well, feedback. So here we go. Oi, Gumdrop Billy here. I'm an Aussie from Wyoming. Wanted to let you know that I love the cast. <laughs> Keep it real. Also wanted to get your feedback on what's your favorite in the MCU. We got to throw in the Daredevils, the Marvels, the Avengers, the Spider-Mans. What's been your favorite that's come out so far, and what's the first one that you're looking forward to? Oi. Oi, oi. <laughs> All right, first off, Gumdrop Billy. <laughs> I am Gumdrop Billy. I don't know where you, I, he must be. He's got to be referencing my name. That is my name on Contest of Champions that I thought up randomly when I was trying to think of a funny name. Maybe it wasn't so random. Because it looks hilarious when like the big hero shot happens and it spins around the character and it says, Gumdrop Billy wins. <laughs> I just think it, it, it made me laugh for like the entirety of the three months I played that game. I think when I stopped laughing at that is when I lost interest in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little, that little reward every time I won of getting it the silly name of Gumdrop Billy. So I, 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 I think that's hilarious that you're calling back... I don't think we've mentioned that on the cast in like a year and a half or more. So it's that's super minute. funny. That's super funny. Um, but uh, he's an Aussie from Wyoming. <laughs> uh, Yoda Hughes said to us on Twitter, at MCU cast, yeah, I meant the cinema tickets. If I could do the flights as well, I would. Your favorite part of Civil War was? So I, he's responding to what we were talking about on Twitter that uh, – he, and we said it last week on the cast. He offered to buy our tickets if we wanted to come to London or the UK and watch the movie, uh, watch Doctor Strange. And when he said tickets, I thought he meant flight tickets. And I was like, I knew he meant movie tickets. Yeah. Well, you weren't there to respond. Sorry, cinema. Tickets. I responded, and I was like, Oh, dude, that's way too nice. You don't have to do anything like that. That's crazy. We might have to take you up on it. And Why then I was would like, you Turn that down. And then I immediately wrote, it and I was like, I'm just now realizing you meant you meant movie tickets. So, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. That's my bad. That's my bad. My bad. My bad. But no, uh, I was. I was like me and me and my girlfriend were actually looking at flights and stuff just just to, just to see, just to see. Yeah, it's like two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, what's well, like thousand per person? Is it? Yeah, I think it's like yeah. about about a thousand bucks. Yeah, to right go over there. Uh, let's do a. Uh, <laughs> 
Let's do a Kickstarter to get our podcast to go to the UK. <laughs> go fund me. You guys, you guys want us to watch it a week early, right? And have our have our reviews ready. I mean, there's enough people out there who would want to spend uh, spend a few bucks to throw us right. There's thousands of people out there that would spend like a dime each. No, there's not that many. <laughs> I believe we could legitimately raise like fifteen dollars. <laughs> Uh, to see it early so that as soon as it airs in the U.S., we could like post our review. But, yeah, um, totally. There's not thousands. <laughs> Sorry. There's always a few people that are like, where's your cast? We want your cast. It's, uh, but, you know, there's not that many. <laughs> there's probably not $1,000 worth of them. Or much less $2,000 worth of them to get us both over there. Yeah, because there's two of us. Well, yeah. I can stow away. I can get down pretty yeah. small. Yeah, you can pull a May and Fitz, yeah. which makes me say, let's move on to the shield section. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk, go into our spoiler section right after this. So if you haven't seen a, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season three finale, you may want to leave us pretty soon. But first, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com or you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU uh, and even though they're so so wrong about Civil War if you're looking for a similar <laughs> podcast in the same vein but about DC check out DC on screen aka I'm... worst content <laughs> <laughs> tweet, 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 D, tweet at DC on screen. Hashtag worst content. <laughs> Actually, just tweet them this week. If if anyone will, anyone that's Twitter savvy, just tweet DC on screen. I think it's at DC on screen. Yeah, that they need to. Uh, that they have been called out from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and that they need to come be on the show. Uh, just, just, just. If I would love for them to get like, it's just like thirty people tweet at them <laughs> that they need to come on our show and uh, and try to defend uh, their hatred of civil war. <laughs> um, that will be fun and probably uncomfortable. <laughs> Exceptionally so. Uh, that'd be great. All right, guys, we're gonna go into our spoiler section right after this. All right, and now it's time for the spoiler section of the season finale, the two-part season finale, uh, Absolution and Ascension uh, of season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to the spoiler section in three. Real clunky. Two. One. Lincoln dies. <laughs> well, I feel like maybe we should have given him a little more time to get out of here. No. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, uh, that's totally reasonable. Uh, Lincoln does, in fact, die, which is kind of crazy. And we don't get any more Grant Ward, it looks like. I don't know. See, that's the thing. They <laughs> immediately after killing Grant Ward, and we're finally like, oh, I guess this main character isn't going to be able to be on the show anymore. They uh, immediately introduce LMDs. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So I have a feeling we that we've not seen the last of that actor. <laughs> I love it. Right. Dalton is so tired. <laughs> I feel like he is too. He hasn't he hasn't done more episodes than anyone else, but he has definitely played more characters. Yeah, than especially else on the show. in this last episode. Yeah, when he got like mind screwed. Basically. I was a little annoyed with that scene. Because he got all mind blasted, and they only mentioned his last, the three lives that we know about. That's yeah. all he ever mentioned. Well, I would have loved him for like speaking a 
ancient language. Yeah, like speak Egyptian at me. Yeah, like, or where is that or coming whatever, from? Whatever, just anything. Speak whatever. Like you know that ancient inhuman that he was. Yeah. Uh, when he became an inhuman, like because he has those memories still. Yeah, he should have all of the memories of all of his lives, and it, it, it could be said that those are his last three lives, which we don't know. We don't know how long the, the Malik. Uh, the Malik brother was 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 inside of him, and if that led directly to Will, and if Will, led, we know that Will led directly into um, Grant Ward. Grant Ward. So, so it could be that said that like maybe those are his freshest and most recent memories, but we don't even know that because Malik, the Malik brother, was like sixty, eighty years ago. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. <laughs> it's like forty years ago. <laughs> right? Yeah, that makes more. sense. That makes more sense. Sixty or eighty years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> Gideon Malik was like 106. <laughs> what is my math? Where is my math? Yeah, I was not informed there would be math. <laughs> I was told you already today that we were not doing math. Um. <laughs> Again, guys, we're dumb. <laughs> I think that's my thing for this episode. Yeah. It's just calling us dumb. Yep. Uh, I have to apologize for the orange slices over and over again, I guess. Just yeah. calling us dumb. Anyway, so let's get a quick synopsis for yeah, those people that need it. give us a synopsis. With the return of the now-quarantined Daisy, S.H.I.E.L.D. has the intel they need to stop Hive's evil plan to explode an Alpha Primitive bomb over a large section of the world's population. And they do. They make quick work of it. <laughs> Stopping the missile from launching and encasing Hive in a gel matrix cube. But upon returning to the base, Fitz realizes too late that one of the crates they have brought into their base is the much-talked-about Absolution. It explodes, filling the cargo bay with Alpha Primitive soup and causing many S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel to be changed into swayed Alpha Primitives, which quickly free Hive from his prison. When Daisy realizes Hive is on the base, she escapes and offers herself to become swayed once again. But once the next episode began, it is clear that she is now impervious to his sway. So Hive embarks on a new plan, to take Zephyr-1 into the atmosphere and use it to disperse the Alpha Primitive soup. May and Fitz stow away while the rest of our team gives chase in a Quinjet. Fitz kills Guerra in a real badass fashion. Then the Quinjet arrives with Coulson on board to greet Hive. They talk, and Hive finally shows his squid form in a real threatening J. Davy Jonesy kind of way. <laughs> a battle ensues, which allows Daisy to escape onto the Quinjet, with the warhead attempting to make the sacrifice play. But she is shockingly thwarted by Lincoln, <laughs> who waits for Hive to board and then blasts Daisy off of, of the Quinjet. Lincoln has fried the manual controls to ensure that the Quinjet, now set to autopilot, will travel into space and get rid of Hive and the Alpha Primitive bomb for good. Lincoln and Daisy have a tearful goodbye until the communications cut out. A beautiful scene ensues where Hive and Lincoln float to their demise. Six months later, S.H.I.E.L.D. is chasing Daisy now? Also LMDs. All right. And Ada. You can't forget the Squadron Supreme. What? Yeah, man. Ada was a uh, uh, an AI unit that helped the scientist Tom Thumb in the 1985 series Squadron Supreme. <laughs> is that and that's who he's talking? That's who uh, Ratcliffe is talking to. That's who Radcliffe is talking to, and he, he, it looks like he makes her a body. Yes, but Ada is um, is a, it's an acronym for uh, Artificial Intelligence Data Analyzer. Hmm. And the the scientist, his actual name is Thomas Thompson, but they know him they know him as Tom Thumb because he's tiny. He's like he's trying to, and it really makes sense that he would be Tom Thumb because he uh, he's trying to make uh, make people better, like p enhance people. But Tom Thumb was attempting to 
uh, rid the world of incurable diseases and incurable conditions like him being tiny. So he was he was just trying to to enhance humanity right. by making them impervious to things like that. Cool. And, and cure them. And so it's a nice like uh kind of an homage. MCU version of that all. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> That's very cool. It is neat. So there's so many things to talk about with this yeah. squid face. Squid face was cool. They did a really good job. That was really neat. Uh, I mean, and we've seen it before in other things. Like I said in the synopsis there, Davy Jonesy. Uh, but, yeah, the squid face was really cool. I like, I really like Coulson saying, like, I've always wanted to do this. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're, You're my only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so good. That was so good. Uh, there's a lot of fun things. Uh, like, he actually got to do a hologram in space. Or, like, really close to space, anyway. Yeah, at high altitude. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. This episode was very uh, space-oriented, which was awesome. You know, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of Jurassic Park references. Oh, really? Yeah. Like? Clever Girl. Oh. From a foreign person. Plus, there was also the, uh, the Alpha Primitives were traveling in a pack and sounded a lot like... Raptors, <laughs> and uh, when they came out of the building where Hive was was captured, like they came out of his base or whatever, I like the first thing I said was, "Is that the is that the building that Jurassic Park was the power station was filmed around? Hmm. Did they take the the fence down around that? I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Like it just it looked very similar yeah. to it. I saw a lot of Buffy moments. That's fair." In this, uh, and obviously it's a Joss Whedon, Jed Whedon um, show. Morris Tankero, and don't forget about right, her. right. I just meant Whedon, you know, Whedon, the Whedon connection. It's the Whedon verse. It's 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 a his brother made yeah. a show years ago called Buffy, uh, <laughs> Jed Whedon's brother, and um, there this uh, also that he also made Firefly, and these uh, Alpha Primitives remind me a ton of Reavers. Yeah, yeah, they from do. Firefly, and so when. Mac has as an axe and he's fighting off alpha primitives. I was like, this is an incredibly, incredibly uh, a firefly moment or more like Serenity. There's a scene in yeah. Serenity that's very similar with a character with an axe fighting off uh, axe similar characters. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, intense. That's great. Uh, and then also the way this episode ended, there's a season of Buffy that ends very similarly where she takes off to go to another city and like does a different thing for a while. Hmm. Um, and it just reminded me of that with her. I don't know the way it seems like the next season is going to start with her off doing her own thing, which yeah. could be cool. Yeah. I'm hmm. almost not excited about her being the main focus as much as Daisy's fine. I don't have a big hatred for Daisy, but she's not my favorite character on this show. Yeah. Um, they're focusing on her really hard. And they always have. I mean, she was yeah. she was our like in it was her. She's and, been our lens. Her and Grant Ward were the first season were kind of our lens in. Yeah. Um he was like the shield agent we we kind of knew and then she was the new agent that was kind of like coming in and their relationship was kind of the basis for the show and now you've Grant Ward's gone and now it's just it seems like and she's real focused. <laughs> focused yeah. on her. I don't know what it looks like shield is going to be reinstated almost based on the show yeah i don't know which if it is if that's the case does that mean in the movies they're leaning toward they're going to be heading towards that well when he when colson said director yeah i was like is that fury does fury come back well he also says um 
the the yeah if if they need to do that they're going to call in the uh, the national guard yeah. which to me means Talbot. that shield shield has uh access to the national guard or whatever like yeah which seemed like a more legitimate Instead of back-channeling stuff, it seemed like they're just out on the street doing shield work. Except he's not wearing the suit. I kind of wish he'd been wearing the suit in this scene. That makes me think that we're heading more toward, uh, again, secret warriors, and then also possibly secret Avengers, and um, and and Nick Fury's like underground kind of thing. Um, but with it, I mean, with him saying the director, and then they them saying like they'll call him the National Guard. That makes me think more like Dark Avengers, <clears throat> hmm. but you know I've been I've been pining for that for a while now. Yeah, ever since we got Spider Man back, I feel like yeah we've been like discussing this uh, the prospect of Norman Osborn taking over. Yeah, <laughs> be so cool, wouldn't it? It'd be so cool. That would be so cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's not get too deep into that. Okay. There's a lot yeah. to talk about in this episode without us going down our rabbit hole of Dark Avengers <laughs> again. Um, Again, yeah. Uh, let's let's grab some of this feedback and see where it takes us. Okay, okay. Let's let's be led by the feedback. I get you. Mark Margo said to us on Twitter, "I get the feeling Yo Yo is going to give everyone a golden cross at the start of the finale." <laughs> I like that speculation. You know what? That shell game of the of the jacket and the cross really got on my nerves after like right. the fifth transfer. <sighs> yeah, it was a little forced. It was a little forced. I like the way it ended though. It was it was this kind of like hey, it was just them playing with us, and then he actually grabs the necklace because the only two people that understand what the necklace means yeah. are Daisy and Lincoln, and they both end up grabbing the necklace as a way of taking on their fate. Like yeah, taking like, on that fate. This is I, I know this has to happen. I've seen it, and Lincoln's like she's seen it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be the one who does it. You know, and that's that was kind of a cool use of it at the end. Yeah. Even though I can I can definitely see where you're coming from with the it being a little annoying that it's passed around from person to person to person. I and love like, Marco Margo's feedback though. Like yeah. it would have been a great way to open the episode. I like, got you I brought these. I, I brought you all these necklaces and just holds up like a handful of cross <laughs> necklaces. Be so good. So good. But I'm Jewish. Um <laughs> Says whichever character, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, it would have been. I love, like, <laughs> what's that? There's a movie recently where that happens. Someone. Oh, I, I remember. Someone buries. Uh, it's Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh. He buries two people and puts crosses in the ground, and then their daughter comes out and goes, "But they were Jewish," <laughs> and he's like, "Uh." Uh, <laughs> whoops! It's a good show. <laughs> it's real dark, real dark show, but good. Oh man, um, I was gonna say. Oh yeah, during the uh, during the episode, uh, whenever Mac was trying to give the necklace back to her, which was a little odd, and like, why are you wasting time with this? But hmm. when um, when he was trying to give the the necklace back to her, um, I I've, I kind of expected her to be like. Why would I need that one when I have all of these and have like <laughs> a tree of necklace crosses and then just like start passing those out as people need them? <laughs> you seem like you're in trouble. You Here's this cross faith. necklace. You seem like you're in trouble. Have some faith. <laughs> you would need faith and a beer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty silly. Brian Keegan said to us on Facebook I guess the patent on Max shotgun axe finally went through. <laughs> I knew that they were going to make those Inhumans look so weak in the finale or in the final episode. 
Gemma's beating one up with a crowbar. <laughs> it started to feel a little awkward when Lincoln got the ship to space and then there was a minute left on the bomb. <laughs> it was such a long wait. <laughs> it kind of took all the emotion out of it for me. I almost thought Iron Man or Thor could have enough time to pop in and save Lincoln, but then I remembered that the movie universe doesn't care about our TV show. Sad face emoticon. Mm. Just when I was liking Lincoln, they killed him. The only thing I was uh, that was more awkward than waiting for the bomb to explode was the abrupt jump to six months ahead. It just felt oddly paced. I loved what I saw happening in the next six months, though. One of the headlines says, Quake stops robbery or something like that. So now Sky, Daisy, Tremors, whatever, changed her name again. I hope it's a running gag on the show. It looks like they're bringing in a female machine team called Ada. Could be fun. I can't wait until next season. Do you guys have any plans for podcasts during the off season? It's going to be a long six months without my favorite podcast, if not. Um, we will definitely be doing more in the off season. We probably won't be releasing every week like we normally do. Yeah. During the on season, we'll probably do every other week or here and there. We'll do like two weeks and take two weeks off, stuff like that. But probably, probably about every other week on average. Um, but in answer to your, I loved the minute left on the bomb. I gave them time to bond over being like, oh, well, everybody that Daisy's ever loved is dying. It, it gave a moment for... <laughs> That's a, that's a great point. It gave a moment for Grant Ward slash Hive. Squidward. Squidward. It gave a moment for Squidward and Sparky to, because, um, no, their Squidward names. Squidward and the jellyfish. Their names are Lincoln and Hive. Yeah. In death, we have names. Um, his name is Squidward. His name is Squidward. His uh, name is Squidward Grant. <laughs> so, uh. I really loved it. And the the only reason I really loved it it was because it was so weird. Okay. Um the the thing to do there would have been for Hive to have some chance of turning the controls back and then like Lincoln and Hive to actually face off in the Quinjet and have like a big battle as the Quinjet's being ripped apart and heading towards space. Like that would have been kind of the the normal way to go with yeah. that scene. Obviously, yeah. If he's I like, love that instead we got a moment to like have a completely – there is no reason for, for Hive to lie there. Yeah. And he says, I really only wanted – A connection. Oh, he said, I, oh, I really only wanted to make the world better. Yeah. And he's like – and he's like – and then the whole thing about having a connection and he's like to have a connection uh, which you must have already felt to do this for them. So it's flawed people. That's a really great moment. Like, yeah, really to great. have that acceptance. They both know they're dying. There's no reason for them to fight. There's nothing to fight over. They're just dead. They're dead men floating. Um, and they're just... Ascending. If you <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so they're, they're, they're up there. They're just floating and walking. They're the, they're the floating dead. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> and so... Oh, and... Yes. They have zombies a, in space, a the floating dead. Completely earnest conversation. Yeah, and it's it, probably one of the only earnest conversations Hive's ever had. And I thought about that as he's floating because um, Coulson mentions it earlier in the episode that I thought I thought that an ancient being who'd been alone on a planet for a thousand years, uh, I could probably force you to talk for a little while. <laughs> um, I could probably get you to talk. And that's the thing. He's never really had a conversation. He either controls or kills everyone he meets. Yeah. Um, 
and and then even even someone else is probably scared of him you know like even if he doesn't like like Ratcliffe was around but he was just you know a fearful servant basically yeah. to have like to have it end with such an earnest moment like a full minute where he knows he's dead he knows he's through he's heading toward death and to have him have a conversation with Lincoln about it I just thought it was awesome <laughs> and then Lincoln being able to like to to be that hero a little bit that he's yeah. been striving to be like He's defending humanity. You know, they're only human. And the girl that he loves. And, and that the was girl that he loves. Such a great moment. She's like, "This isn't right." And he said, it "Feels pretty right. Uh, saving the world, saving the world, and the girl I love at the same time feels pretty right to me." Yeah. Uh, and you know that whole thing was very reminiscent of uh, of the first Avenger. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You can't if you're an MCU fan, you can't watch that scene and not think about uh, Captain America going down in his ship talking to Peggy. Yeah. Except this one's going up, so like... Kind of the reverse. A little bit of a role reversal there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, it's such a great moment. I, I really... Uh, when it was happening, I was like, this is so weird. They're floating, <laughs> like peacefully having a conversation instead of having a last minute, like, sparks flying well, battle. I'm still gonna fight you. Yeah, it no. could have... Uh, you know, earlier... <laughs> he says this thing twice... He says, "I'm I'm gonna face. I'm gonna show them something I've never shown them before." And then he says, "Rage." And then in this scene, he says, "It's time that I face something I've never had to face: death." Yep. And so, in, like, it's almost like he could have chosen rage in that moment. He could have been so mad that they like, bested him. How dare you kill me? That he just go after Lincoln all all in. Yeah. But then he would have just been copying Lincoln, copying himself onto Lincoln and controlling him. I think he legitimately wanted Lincoln to stay. A different hum- a different being, so yeah. that he could have that final moment of earnestness with a with another person. It was almost like the best connection he'd ever had with another human being was in that last moment. As another inhuman being, right? Right. <laughs> Sorry, that was no, no, no. It's completely threw it off. Since he's been Hive, he's I don't think he's ever had a connection with another person, and I think that was like the closest he'd had, and he didn't want to destroy it. Yeah, uh, he let he wanted to let Lincoln live and just have a minute of conversation. It was so beautiful. I just loved it. I think that's probably my favorite ending to a season on the show. I really loved it. It was it was it was a solid little bit there. There was some oddness like <clears throat> the whole relationship between uh Daisy and Lincoln. I don't know, this toward the second half of the season just felt more forced. Like I didn't I see I like that they develop. broke up. That's fair, <laughs> but like they're, they're, her sadness just felt like it was not part. Like it felt a little bit forced, in my opinion, just because like it was a little staggered in the way that they were doing the whole like love thing, whatever. Well, see, that's the thing. And I don't his, think she's sad because she lost her love. Was what, what do you mean? She is sad because she feels guilty. He is sad. He is not sad. He's doing a thing because he loves her. And I think Lincoln knows more about love and knows more what love is than she does. That's fair. And I think he actually loves her. And she's 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 not mature enough for that yet. And and also she's dealing with a lot of her own shit with 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 Hive and being addicted. And I think in that moment, I don't think she's sad because she's like, oh no, I lost my lover. I think she is so guilty because she does care about him. She does love him. And she is she he's he's dying for her and she's having that survivor's guilt. Like everything she says in that moment, she's not like, 
oh no, I'll never get to hug you again. She's like, this isn't right. You're dying for me. I don't want you to die for my mistakes. Yeah. And then there's obviously the Jesus illusions there with he died for my my he died for my mistake and and Coulson says no, he died for all our mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And he told her like you can't you can't make penance by going into the sacrifice for all play of your sins and you know killing yourself for that like that's not how you do it. Yeah. And that's the thing. He chose to do it for the right reasons, if that makes sense. She wanted to do it cuz she wanted out. Like it was this, it was a way of suicide for her. Yeah. When she when he tells her, "I know why you went to see Hive." He she went to, he thinks she went to see Hive because she either wanted to die, like wanted to die. Like she goes and fights Hive. She offers herself to Hive. Or it could have been that he knew that she had that addiction problem because she's going yeah. through withdrawal. I was torn about that when he when, because when he says, "I know why you went to hide," well, he's an alcoholic. Yeah, so yeah. he understands that. Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point to have it. Right I wasn't there. sure which which reason he knew because I think, I think that part of her just wants out. Like she's so she wants out of her current situation. She doesn't like who who she is she doesn't like what she's done she it has an extreme addiction problem she's going through withdrawals and i think she just wants the pain to stop like that's her whole thing whether it's hive taking her back or hive killing her it's kind of the same to her she either way she gets out of this yeah that makes more sense with uh with say like uh what colson was saying like you just have to live with that like you just have to live with that pain and regret. You can't just go around getting revenge because that's not how you get better from it. Yeah. You just have to deal with it. And then May later, like this is the whole like uh Colson's her father figure and May's her mother figure. Like May tells her later, you stay in the box, it doesn't like it it stays in there with you. Trust me, I know. But you come out of the box and you can deal with it and you get better. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Re- I've seen this episode twice, and I'm going to rewatch it to catch some of the more of the themes because I really love. They really put some depth into the characters this episode with 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 Sky particularly and with Lincoln. And I think that Lincoln has gone through addiction in the past, and he's the other side of it, and he's felt like she feels now. Yeah, he knows that feeling, and uh, and and he. He is sacrificing because with more of a pure love. He's not he doesn't want to die. Yeah, well the only reason that it really felt weird in my opinion is because it felt like he was obsessed with Daisy for like no time at all. Like it just he was straight too obsessed with her. I guess I just kind of forgot whatever connection they had in season 2 and then they built on that from there. So right. like it just did it they, makes sense that they well, have been building a relationship since then. I don't know that he was ever obsessed. I never really got that. He needed to get out. He needed to save her. He needed to get out. He needed to save her. Well, I think she is his closest person in his life right now. Yeah. Um I think like he joined Shield because of her. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that he accepted at the end or like when uh, when Coulson was like, I think you'd make a great agent, he was like, no, I was only in it for Daisy, and you know that, and I don't think that I'm the kind of guy that you need because of that. Yeah. So that's not me. I'm not that. you got some great people here that are awesome heroes, but I'm not one of them. I felt like he was for sure dead when he said he was out. Yeah, yeah, obviously. It's that classic, it's that classic movie thing where it's like, oh, it's my last day. It's my last day of work as a cop. Oh, you're dead. You're shot. <laughs> You're shot. <laughs> you're just you're gone. Shot in the face. Sorry. Either that, or you just get put into a horrible situation and have to be the hero. Yeah, yeah. You have to stay and 
I wasn't. It's just the whole. It's the whole clerks. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I love. Or it. like lethal weapon. Uh, Too over this shit. That happened, but then also the scene with Fitz happened, where Fitz and Simmons is, are talking about going away together, and so that made me feel like Fitz might die. Like they. God. They really. Had, uh, but it was. I hated of, when they were doing that. I was like, "Don't you do that? Do not do that to me." With you have put Fitz through enough. He has been through enough in your three seasons of bullshit. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't make him alpha primitive. God, that would have been horrible. That would have been the worst. He spent season two with like recovering from a traumatic brain injury. And then he recovers. He's like himself again for this season. And then if they'd like turned him into an alpha primitive for a season, that would have been Fitz can't be happy. Possibly the worst thing a TV show's ever done. And you know, as soon as he got out of it, like they finally like resurrected his mind from whatever locked cage it was in as an alpha primitive, he'd be like, uh, she'd be dating someone else. God. Probably another astronaut. <laughs> um, it's, hard to, it's hard to compete with an astronaut, you know? It really is. They're both mentally and physically strong. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> it is so tough. All right, so let's move on to the next one and get some more get some more going. Uh Marco Margo said on Facebook, Shield finale spoilers! Exclamation mark. Whoa! Exclamation mark. <laughs> Thank you for that warning of the spoilers there. You're welcome. At the at the end, Colson tells Matt, call the director. Did he resign his position? A result of the Sokovia Accords? Is Shield legitimate again? Talbot did have to get military reinforcements to get the base under control, which in turn exposes S.H.I.E.L.D. Finally! So glad LMDs are a thing now. Seems so long ago since Tony Stark uttered it. I wonder if Dr. Radcliffe's Ada is going to be a daisy clone. When did Stark... uh... In the Avengers movie, you have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Mr. Stark, it's urgent. Then leave it urgently. That's right. That's, That's great. I forgot about that. Yeah, and he even said he dusted off some old S.H.I.E.L.D. technology. Yeah, so it makes sense that maybe Howard had worked on LMDs before or something like that. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. Well, Nick Fury in the comics has always used LMDs. Like, you're never sure that he's actually Nick Fury in front of you. Right. It might just be an LMD. And then there are, like, there are stories where like the LMDs think that they are actually Nick Fury. But like it's his thing to just constantly use LMDs. Right. Right. It's so funny. They, like, they, it seems like I, I, that somehow makes me feel like it's more likely they'd get Nick Fury as an LMD on the show, but you still have to have Sam Jackson do it. So it doesn't really make it more likely at all. Um, could just be like a guy that kind of looks like Samuel L. Jackson. They're like, well, we haven't been able to get it completely perfect yet. Yeah. That would be the worst. (laughs) That is the worst idea ever to have. A bunch of like have all the Avengers show up as life model decoys just with all their powers, and, like and it's just guys that kind of look like it's Tony Stark just, look, and kind of look like Chris and Evans. Like lower quality versions of it, like yeah, they, he's got that's not a hammer, that's a cinder block with a rope tied around it <laughs> next to a stick. Come on, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's uh, the worst idea we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> um, I love what Mark asks here about. Um, What's going on with Shield? Because we don't know, and I and I have I have no idea what's happening with Shield. I mean, that's that's exactly why they did that is because they want us to ask that question to sure. have them come back and answer it. The, sure, um, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting that they did it at the end because I feel like this episode this could have been just as easily the start of the next season. Yeah, 
Like they could have just started next season and did the same thing. I don't think it was important to the storytelling, uh, but I guess it's important to us as viewers to push us to want to know what's going on next season. Yeah. Um, it's kind of <clears throat> cool that they, they showed us that six months later. Well, I mean, I, I feel like they probably put that in there because they knew that they were getting renewed for a fourth. Right. Like before the midseason uh, return or the, yeah. the yeah, premiere. Yeah. So like they were just, they were like, oh, well, we are getting this. So let's just go ahead and throw it in. Like six months later, yeah. we're doing this thing. Cool. I like it. And I like that she can leap tall buildings in a single bound now. And... I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was just like, is she doing the Man of Steel thing? Yeah, she totally is. She's totally, totally doing is. the Man of Steel thing. And then she just makes the jump. And I was like, oh, yeah, she did the Man of Steel thing. I liked it. Uh, I, liked it. I had I'm no just, problem with I'm it. I'm tired of her being like, the, like, apparently vibrating things can make literally anything happen. Give me more examples. She's moving a warhead without exploding okay. it. Yeah, moving the warhead... <laughs> It would it would move a warhead to shake it with vibrations. Yeah, but right it before exploding, very it very well could explode it. <laughs> I said the same thing when we were watching the episode. Me and my girlfriend were sitting there. And I was like, "So that seemed like the worst idea. Like, <laughs> that's I, the worst way you could do that." I like when people use their powers in different and interesting ways. Like it's on caster wheels. Just roll it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It was up a ramp. It's a heavy thing. I get it. It could, could require powers, uh, but. Yeah, that does well, seem like a really bad if idea. If she can launch herself, you know, six, well, I guess she's been practicing. If she can yeah, launch six herself, later. then she can, like, put her shoulder against it and, like, push and then, like, do vibration yeah. jet behind her. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just shaking the earth shouldn't cause you to be able to fly. I can't really work that out in my head how that no. works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I don't really care. Um then again, whenever Rosalind Price was falling from that height when they were chasing Lash in that episode before she died, um, Daisy caught her with the vibrations. Yes, she and did. They, she was like, I didn't know you could do that. Well, I didn't know I could do that either. Like, yeah, oh. so I guess it's kind of the same thing, but it, it just seems... She's discovering her powers. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. a season and a half to discover your powers. Come on. What I'm more interested in is how this scene ties into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it seems like someone else's director. It seems like possibly they're out of the shadows, uh, which to me means maybe. We know that basically Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bases its plots off of what's going to happen in the movies a few months or years down the road. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with this being six months later, Shield is Shield's gonna come back before even Luke Cage comes on. Like literally Shield is the last and then the first thing between the movies. Yeah. My point is they might know more than we do. And I mean, it might be that in that in Doctor Strange or in um uh I guess it's Guardians next, so that's probably not going to happen. Spider-Man would it be after that. Spider-Man. It's possible that somewhere in the Earth-based uh, adventures going forward, S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be out of the shadows again. Well, S.H.I.E.L.D. should end before, like, season four should end before Spider-Man comes on. Yeah. Or comes out. Well, it, w- it would make sense if, if they do bring S.H.I.E.L.D. back to the, the, the movies. Um, it would make sense that they want Coulson not to be director anymore because it would make sense if they're not going to bring him back into the movies <laughs> that he like stay in a lower level so he's not like when they have to meet the director of shield and cap talks to him it doesn't have to be colson if colson's no longer the director you know what i mean yeah yeah i still think if he's not the director he needs to wear the suit he needs to be an agent again yeah i miss the suit a little bit 
I do too. You know, that's one thing. the The costuming in this episode also kind of it kind of irked me. Um, really, people that I don't know. I just have so many like little nitpicks that got me just kind of like fired up about this episode. Huh. It's the it's all related to the shell game though. The the characters who don't normally ever wear any kind of jacket were wearing all the same shield jacket. Yeah, that's silly. I was like, what? No, I'm totally with you on that. No, it was why? like they just decided we need to make this as we need to hang a lantern on the fact that it could be any of them. They might die. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, it's like well, let's put shield logos on everyone's shoulder. <laughs> That way, nobody's just the one. Ah, uh, oh, now it's all. Well, if everybody's wearing the jacket, then you know somebody's got to have the cross, and I guess that's the the follow point. Yeah, you're right. Shell game's a great way to put it. <sighs> just I hated it. Anyway, um, Donald Martin said to us on Twitter at MCU Cast, "What the what? Yo Yo was Quicksilver to Max Hawkeye. <laughs> R.I.P. Sparky." Daisy goes rogue and LMDs? Is Daisy the new big bad? Again, what? Yeah, a lot of different things happened at the end of this episode. And I wonder where, I wonder how you, I guess, I guess we just assume Yo Yo's okay because she didn't die. Yeah, well, I mean, Mac lit her on fire. Yeah, but normally, normally you'd get like, you know, when that happened, man, I was like, I looked at the person who was watching it with me and I was just like, Marvel hates fast people. <laughs> they really do. They do. They really do. And she was like, what do you mean? What? I was like, they hate fast people. Like Quicksilver died. And then now she's shot. And she was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they yeah. do hate fast people. Quicksilver, Yo-Yo, The Flash, all of them. I was yeah. like, this, you're only two fast people in the universe, and you shoot both of them. <laughs> While protecting a... Another person who's not powered, who's yeah, who's not powered with a who's armed with a sp- very specific weapon. One has a bow and arrow, and one has a shotgun axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, no, it's it's be fair. It is a ranged weapon that sometimes gets used as a melee weapon. There you go. There it is. That's great. Same character. Totally. Totally. And they're the same both character. very muscular. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like Mac probably lifted a lot more weights than normal for this episode. Like he, he buffed up real good. Oh, yeah. He just, he looked real stout. Yeah. I, I feel dude. like he always looks real stout. That's true. He is a very mm-hmm. large fellow. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he's not gone. I'm glad that we didn't lose another Oh yeah. Another Me fun too. character like that who, you know. I, I think if Lincoln, I liked Lincoln. At the end, it did affect me, his death, but I don't feel like I'm. it's going to lose much for the show. The show's not going to have a huge loss. Yeah. Like, Lincoln Mac gone. being gone would have been a huge loss. Like, Trip yeah. being gone was a huge loss. Yeah, I agree. Just, mm. anyway. Totally. And there could have been, no, there's so many deaths where you're like, this, there could have been so much more for this type of, this actor, this type of character, whatever. But Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of um, the other S.H.I.E.L.D. leader being all... Jiyinged. Anyway, yeah. Brandon said to us on face or no, sorry, on Twitter at MCU cast spoiler all caps. Awesome line about death eluding Ward slash Hive all these three years slash thousands of years. I like the dual interpretation. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was nice, you know, because we had three seasons of Ward being unkillable for some reason or another. Yeah, I really like that. I just love that we got the chance to see Hive have a conversation with a person. 
the end. Yeah, like a real. <laughs> Just person. really liked it. I really liked it. I really wanted Hive to to revert to squid form in uh, in space to like have an actual conversation. Yeah, but I also am glad Brett Dalton had the chance to act that scene. That's fair. Yeah, because I do like. I really liked that scene a lot. Yeah, it would have been too much money. They were already floating. Yeah, <laughs> they were already floating. <laughs> That's good enough, right? That's all the special effects you need. <laughs> Cargo Man Shark said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, do you think we'll get Ward back as an LMD? We could get anyone back as an LMD now. <laughs> it's true. I think it is very possible. Yeah. I don't know why you'd bring Ward back as an LMD, but it could be for the first time you have Ward back as a good guy. <laughs> He's you just... Know? What if oh, they? And then the, it would the, be such a different character if then they just, the rogue AI happens and he's yeah. the one. Yep, exactly. Ugh, oh, that would be. I don't so, want that at all. Or like, you know what would be funny if they brought him back as an LMD and there's other LMDs and then one of them has gone rogue. Yeah. And like, they're all just gonna assume it's Ward. <laughs> like, it's not. It'd be real funny if it's not. And he's like, I didn't do it, you guys. <laughs> Then he gets to have another blank robotic personality. Yeah, that would be actually pretty uh, pretty funny if they actually brought him if back they, as a robot. If they, <laughs> like, he just goes back to his season one personality where he just <laughs> is not a person. Actually, it'd be really funny if he had like a data style. It would be a completely different character, which oh, he's, he's been every <laughs> every season. He's been a different character. Yeah, and it'd be really funny if they bring him back in season four as like a data style. I'm a robot, and I don't understand humanity. I'm an LMD. Like, that'd be pretty weird and pretty funny. It'd be silly. And I don't I, know why they bring him back. There's no good reason. There's no reason to have Ward back. Nobody likes Ward. Every Like, May wanted to punch him in the face. Coulson crushed his chest. And then made a joke about it in this episode. Unless they, like, need someone to um, infiltrate, like, uh, some version of Hydra that still thinks Grant Ward's around or something. I could see them needing no. needing Grant Ward. No. Or needing needing a needing a face that Hydra can trust Stop. or whatever. Sending, don't do it. <laughs> don't give them ideas. Stop. Stop talking. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh Walkabout Bob said to us on Twitter, Adam CU cast, who will be the new director of Shield? Fury? Hill? Agent May? Is S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out of the shadows? Glad they didn't kill Mac. I literally just said that, and you're not wrong. It's a good <laughs> thing they didn't kill Mac. Yeah. All of that I think we've already touched on, but yeah, totally agree. Walk about Bob. Uh, you know, there was a point in uh, in comics where uh, Daisy became director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah? For a short bit. Doesn't look like that's the way they're going. No, it looks like they're reverting her back to her like pre-Powers days, where she yeah. was... Like in the in the comics, at least she was uh, she was like a little punk kid. She was stealing stuff uh, from a record store, and her that got her adrenaline pumping and activated her powers for the first time. Huh. And like, I guess she's uh, being a punk kid now. Like, throw yeah. back to that. It's kind of fun. It's odd. Uh, Robert T. Frost sent to us on Facebook. So Lincoln and Daisy gave a better final goodbye than Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Damn it. Ooh. That's an interesting question. Who do you th- do you think it was better? I don't know. Like I really wanted to feel bad for Daisy because she was like running around to everybody like please you have to help, you have to stop this, you have to turn it around, like just begging somebody to help her in some way. But then like I I went into it with that feeling of like this relationship is forced and I just I was 
taken out of it a little bit. Like I wanted to feel bad for her, but then I couldn't because I had convinced myself not to already. I, I personally feel like they played it pretty well. Like they dated, they broke up, and then the the rest of the actions that go in that ep- on the, this episode are not – they just don't feel like the kind of – they feel like two people who care about each other and one is making the sacrifice for the other – and it's and not everyone as, else. It's it, the fact that they're broken up is a really great moment. I don't know. It just like it makes it better. It makes it way better because it's not about them at that point. It's not about them. It's not about her losing her lover. It's about someone sacrificing herself, himself for her, and she can't deal with it. Yeah, because it's, it, that's another person hurt on her conscience. Yeah, and it's about her wanting to die. Yeah. And, and instead of him, and not just because she want, doesn't want him to die, but because she kind of wants to die herself, which I, I think is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's next? Frank Allen said to us on Facebook, so how long before Sideshow Collectibles makes a full-size shotgun axe? Not soon enough, I say. <laughs> I, I looked at all the Sideshow Collectibles when he sent this. I'd heard of Hot Toys, and I hadn't really looked at the Sideshow Collectibles. They, they're awesome. They're real cool. They are awesome. They're I very intense. Wanna, I, I was looking at uh, Serenities, various Serenities that have been made. And there's like a two-foot-long Serenity you can buy yeah. for like $2,000 or something. <laughs> Jesus. There's one that I really want to get that's um, it's like $60 or something. It's it's Serenity, and it's... You know, it's it's smallish. You can fit. You know, you can hold it easily in yeah. two hands. But like, it has a separating top section. Yes, that has like you can see. I saw that one. Yeah, how everything is. I don't think it's sixty dollars. I think it's in the few hundreds. No, no, mm. it's on ThinkGeek. I think. Okay, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. There's also a uh, there's a uh, Serenity thumb drive that uh, when you plug it into your computer, the engines light up. That's cool. That's real cool. I really need there's it. a new uh, there's a um, flux capacitor that you can plug into your car adapter, like your car power adapter. Yeah, yeah. And it lights up like the flux capacitor. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I want one real bad. Have you seen the uh, the Firefly loot crate that has started? It's yes, specifically I have. Firefly. I'm trying to stay away from all loot crate style things right now. Subscription boxes. Yeah, I even canceled my Marvel one. <gasps> I know. I know. Mostly because I'm sexist, and the women of power is the theme this time. Oh come on! Don't really? Want no, I'm just joking. It's the worst. I just, uh, I just had to cancel. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, <clears throat> don't think I've ever talked about this on the cast, but I'm really trying to get out of all of my debt <laughs> right now, and like uh, all my school loans and all my credit cards, and just trying to, trying to do better by my finances. And uh, I just was like, you know what? I'm paying like sixty dollars a month to like various loot crate type services, so I'm going to take a break for a couple months. Get out of debt, and then I'll come back. <laughs> See, I've got Loot Crate and Collector Core, and I've, I've you know, it's thirty, thirty two fifty roughly per month for the for just both Collector of them. Core for both of them. No, Collector Core is, is thirty every something. two months. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, I'm sorry, but it is like thirty two dollars for one box for one stuff. box. But it's it's worth more than that. Obviously. Sure, yeah, it is. It's it's a great little thing, but I don't know. I just, Do you know uh, in the last in plus the I last, just I don't have any space in my house to put anything. I that's fair. It's you're looking at my house right now and you're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're, yeah that's probably a good idea. The only shelf you have is full of Funko Bob, Pop bobbleheads, and that's about 
all, all I got. I, I could like put in install I'd have more to, shelves. I'd have to install shelves if I wanted to continue getting loot crates and stuff. Okay, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> you're let's right. get let's get back to this uh, feedback. We got this next feedback is weird. Uh, we got it just like yesterday, but then I guess the Facebook account got deleted. So know. it's from Facebook user. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook user. Thank for you, the Facebook feedback. user. Uh, but it was it was you know good feedback, so I included it. <laughs> so whoever you are, you can send us a message and let us know who you were. But sorry about that. Facebook user said to us on Facebook, "Holy sh! The season finale. Well done. The writing was stupendous. Teased anyone's death." The Coulson hologram to pay homage to Star Wars had me laughing out loud. Ironic Daisy lost the two dudes she had feelings for in past Ward and present Lincoln as they both just hang out in space. Awkward. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, warning to any future fellow who gets an itch to fall for Daisy, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> you'll die. You'll die in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's the trend. That's the trend right now is that you'll die in space. <laughs> Six months later. I can gather maybe Coulson is no longer director and is in on a mission with Mac to bring in Daisy, who is probably a fugitive now, according to the Sokovia, to the Sokovia Accords. Uh, Fitz and Simmons on a little vacay was long overdue. Kudos to them. I'm sure they'll have big grins on their faces when they come back. Could mm-hmm. maybe the new director? Or maybe he took a leave of absence to deal with all the emotional stuff of losing her ex-husband and the emotional turmoil the team had gone through? That scientist in the end, I say... He created, or yeah, I say he created some form of life and put it in an android of some sort, or injected a variation of the serum he was making for Hive, but somehow made it so they didn't look primitives. Uh, this episode deserves a rewatch. It was a TV movie that had everything. I won't bag on Daisy this time. She's going through some stuff. She does look better in the long black hair and the emo goth hot topic look. Keep <laughs> up the excellent work. I look forward to the podcast about the Shield season finale. Excelsior! Well, thank you, Facebook user. <laughs> Yeah, that's still funny. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of a lot, a lot of great points in there. I think so, so. Do you think the director of Shield? I know I'm super fascinated with this one particular thing, but do you think that we know the Shield director? My first thought, whenever he said that they'll have to call in the National Guard or they'll call in the National Guard, is that it's Talbot, and he's the director of the ATCU uh, at face value to the to the public. Right. So, oh, so like maybe Shield isn't even a thing, and they're the ATs. They're working as well, the ATCU. Shield, Shield's still in the shadows, is what I'm thinking. Is that Shield's still in the shadows? The ATCU is is the the public face of it, and the Talbot is the director. But <clears throat> they might need to call him for help. But like the the fact that Max says the director and Coulson like just went along with it. Like I don't know. Yeah, it sounded like they were talking <gasps> about the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. No! All right, go ahead. Tell me your crazy crackpot theory that might be right. That Coulson that we saw with Mac was an LMD, and Coulson is still the director. <laughs> and he sent an LMD to go with Mac. That's a pretty great idea. There it is. Except. Nope. <laughs> Except the LMD scene happens in the same time sequence, in the at the post credit sequence of that. So six months later, same time period, Ratcliffe is just initializing the first LMD. Um, which a uh, Facebook user, <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, LMDs are from the comics, and I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but yeah, you have lots of interesting ideas there. But yeah, it does have something to do with it. Looks like a uh, robot. 
robot body of some sort was being built. Ada. Ada. Yep. A-I-D-A. And that makes me think of Glengarry Glenn Ross. Uh, Svante Hoagley said to us on Facebook, feedback for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. First off, I still like the show, and the finale was okay. I still have to criticize the last part of the season, which I felt was kind of bad. I was sad they didn't kill off Crazy Daisy or Melinda May. I don't understand why May is still in the show. The character is so one-dimensional and boring. The actress just doesn't seem able to convey any emotion, so I guess that's why the writers just make her angry all the time. Anyways, I'm fine with Lincoln dying. The relationship between him and Daisy was horribly underdeveloped. I think the fact that I have started to root for a lot of the characters to die speaks to what a wrong turn this season took. The first half was so exciting, I kind of hope the next season will be the last. I say let's kill it while it still has some of its dignity intact. Oh, gosh. Man, that got All real right. dark. Yeah, Svante does not like this show anymore. Um, I don't have a problem with... I don't have most of those problems with this show. <laughs> so you're just kind of going with the, oh, well, well you're wrong. So, I mean, I just, I, you know, I just want to make I disagree with you. He, see, like, Dave from DC on screen is wrong about Civil War. Oh, okay. Svante and me just have a difference of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference there's a big difference like again wrong side of history <laughs> on the go. on the on civil war uh the 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 uh the, the this episode the, this show you can take or leave like i can understand how you'd have different feelings i like it i don't have a problem with may i could i could address each point individually i just uh i don't think that may is very one note or boring i think she was super interesting for the first half of the season with all of the uh, the her, gosh, lash the lash storyline were super interesting with her, and I mean you're not going to get to have a great arc every every half season, you know. Sometimes yeah. they're going to focus on other characters, and this half season they focused a lot more on Mac and Daisy and Hive, really. And Lincoln, and Lincoln, sort of. Yeah, so I, I think that this this. It obviously it's not as well done as some ensemble cast shows or movies where they <laughs> do a great job of giving everyone a great arc because May has not had a great arc right, and May did not have a great arc this half season. She's just pretty much May yeah, in the well, background. Talking. Ever since ever since they caught Lash and and Lash his change went fine. Yeah, which I think I, that may have been Svante that who said that last week um, that he thinks that her her arc is over. Yeah. And yeah. I agree that arc is over. I don't know that that's her last arc. Like she could still she there's still plenty of character there to work with. Um I do think that she's kind of she's lost a little bit of her luster since we understand where her Calvary nickname came from. Yeah, like you you see behind the curtain and it's not so um incredible anymore. Actually, I thought it was well, see I thought that 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 reveal of her killing a little girl and that being why she's called the the cavalry. The cavalry. That is great. Yeah, that is great. But like now you know it's not because she killed a whole bunch of people and is like crazy good at, at you know. I mean, yeah, she is. She is still crazy. She is good. crazy good. But like, it's not. Th- it's not for the reasons that everybody else says that it is. Yeah, that's true. So it's it's kind of a fall. It's a nickname based on falsehoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still think that uh. I think that she has interesting places she could go. They just haven't been doing a lot of interesting things with her since Lash, which really funny was only went... like eight episodes ago. So, you know, it's not that long. Yeah. It'd be really funny if they went back to like the beginning of the first season and just put her behind a desk. Right. And they very well could. They very <laughs> well could just kind of start her, start her arc over a little bit. Um, but yeah. 
And she's like, well, my, my ex-husband died, so I guess I got to do paperwork. <laughs> uh, Joe Sanders said to us on Twitter, at MCU cast, no way that necklace isn't a red herring, right? Yeah, I think we're getting into some of the stuff from last episode uh, now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was not a red herring, but it def they definitely played with us plenty. It was definitely a shell game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, Coach Benoit said to us on Twitter, Adam Sucast, last week's spoilers, kind of agree with your points on Lash's death, but going to give them a chance to explain it next week. Here's and my they... question to you. How did you feel about their explanation? Because they did for, for Lash? No, question to Coach Benoit. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't even touch on it. They did. They did touch on it. Well, there was that whole, like, that, they said, because of what that thing did to you. No, 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 no. And then uh, Lash no, no, no. Daisy. The, so the moment you're missing blah. is the moment, I think it was Lincoln and May were talking. And uh, and, and Lincoln says, um, we were able to stop Hives uh, detonating the bomb. And, he, and she said, that he says that that gives uh, your husband's sacrifice meaning. And she says, are you trying to, or he says something to that effect. And she's like, are you trying to ascribe meaning to this just because you want it to mean something? And she's like, he's like, well, maybe. And she's like, don't try to do that. Um, that, that, so they, they touched on it this episode and they basically say, because Lash went and did what he did, she was able to come back and give them the intel they needed to stop the bomb. But then that still didn't stop the bomb. So I still say that it was kind of a pointless yeah, still death. a little bit of a pointless death. And I mean, even even Daisy still didn't really do anything that like caused Hive's downfall. Yeah, uh, she she was involved. She moved. She was one of the pieces moving around. But like, she didn't. She it's not like she killed Hive or she went up into space to stop the thing. Uh, Lincoln did did that. Um, and does that mean does that mean Lincoln's purpose as an Inhuman was to save Daisy too? She better be real important. Yeah, like they they're putting so much importance on her, with like everybody else being meant to save her. That like she'd better do something incredible. Save the cheerleader, save the world, man. Man. <laughs> <sighs> Your face. <laughs> Cannot believe you just did that to uh, me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so Sebastian James Berguglia said to us on Facebook, gotta say, I was surprised that we didn't get a particular tie-in between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Civil War. My running theory was that Crossbones' sort of mech armor would be the tie-ins to that, uh, that set that Gideon wore for that one episode where he crushed the guy's skull. But now I'm just kind of confused as to why they even had that episode, because they never did anything with it in the long term. Well, they did a lot with that episode tonight. That episode is the first episode where uh, it's the episode where Daisy finds out about the 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 uh, the death of someone in Shield. Yeah, which is pretty important. And it also is the episode um, where we find out about the little girl who is probably has in the little blood, girl who showed up who showed up in this episode, Robin. Yeah, Robin. So uh, we, we 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 thought that was all coming. So that episode was really important. But yeah, Gideon's mech armor definitely wasn't going anywhere, and we kind of knew that. I think like as soon as as soon as well, he, I mean, it, it showed up and then got destroyed in the same yeah, episode. Yeah, it's true. 
It's not like he walked around as a bot for a little bit. It's funny. Sebastian also is the second person to bring up that armor as a possible connection to Civil War. Yeah. Last week, somebody brought it up as a connection to Rhodey's yeah, walking legs. legs. His walking legs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um. So uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I feel like we're all striving to make more of a connection than there was. I think the connect the big connection is the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. And what do the Sokovia Accords say? Because they're real thick, and they don't just say, "Hey, the Avengers work for us." They well, have to say more. There's also the themes that are that are tying in between each other. Is the theme of vengeance? Vengeance is a big one. Is yeah. a big one. I mean, especially since you know Black Panther talked about it in the movie. Actually, read this next comment if we're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Drake Thompson said to us on Facebook, So the direct Civil War tie-in was meh, but the theme of vengeance has run through the entire season and was prominent in the movie. Coincidence? <laughs> I, when you started to say that, I knew I'd heard it somewhere, and I was like, oh, yeah, this comment that you're about to read. My bad. Um, no, it's cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, uh, that is that is interesting uh, that the tie-in is so strong with vengeance. The, the theme of, of a tie-in. But, yeah, I, I don't really mind... If they just ignore, like, obviously the big things that happen in the movies, if they're big enough to affect the show, they have to affect the show or they're not in the same universe. But I don't mind when they don't have it. I don't mind if it doesn't rock the show completely. It did happen once where it rocked the show completely, and that was awesome. And it made it better. Made the show better. It was great. But um, we'll see. We'll see what they do next time. I don't know. If they could. I feel like Infinity War. Oh, Infinity War is going to completely just throw it on its head. Because, like, it's something that's big enough to affect the world, so it has to affect S.H.I.E.L.D. Unless it never comes to Earth. Unless they fight Oh, yeah, it if and... everybody just goes cosmic. Yeah, that could be the way that the Infinity War happens. It could be that the entire galaxy is coming to an end or something, and they, they all hop in uh, Star-Lord's spaceship and head out there. That'd be so much fun. I'm so excited about that movie. <laughs> God, it sounds so good. Yeah, it does. Sounds so good. Uh, we have one more uh, feedback, and it is a voicemail feedback. So here oh. we are. Hey, so this is and was uh, Mike from Grand Junction. You I knew right. it! Uh, so I've only got two things about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if you haven't already done that show. Uh, so this goes off of what I was talking about, Scarlet Witch, how you know you sign up for the Avengers, they can tell you, you know, that you're not just free to go go off and do whatever you want. They can tell you, we need you to stay here for a little bit, because that's exactly what they did to Sky, and that's okay. Like she understood that that's acceptable behavior when you join a military-style organization. You're not free to just come and go whenever you choose. Okay, my next thing. I have no problem in movies and TV when somebody's being chased by a monster and they keep falling down. I understand that. You're nervous. That could happen. But if you're Mac and you're a professionally trained, like elite-level person and you're installing some kind of a system in the hallway that's going to potentially save the world, you are not going to stop and have a conversation about jewelry and, oh, who, oh, is this yours? Oh, you want me to keep it? Oh, okay. Oh, what does it stand for? Oh, that's nice. No, you're not standing in front of a movie theater waiting to get a ticket. You're trying to save the world, just focus on that. In the show's defense, Yo-Yo does make fun of him for going so slow. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> She's like, what are you, d- work faster. And and she even says, 
Well, he, he says, like, I can't, not everybody has your super speed. And she's like, it's not about my super speed. It's about your turtle speed. <laughs> she says, you work, and then you stare, and then you work, and then you stare. <laughs> I really like yo-yo. Yo-yo is real funny. Yeah. Um, but I think that's uh, that's that that talking that he's doing is probably a little bit of what she's talking about. It <laughs> probably stops and stares and talks. And Come on, man. Your work here. Get, get to work. <laughs> I mean, at least he gets the chance to have the things that he makes work. Even if it's yeah. only partially done, man, I, I I thought that was pretty awesome. That the was they, neat when the they uh, use that. Yeah, when Lincoln comes up and he's just like, "No, I got this. I'm gonna power this thing." Zap. And again, I disagree with Mike from last week. Uh, same thing. Uh, I don't think that the Avengers is a military organization. They are a group of people who are choosing to to fight for good. And I mean. They obviously have some slight bit of organization happening. They live in a building. They're funded. Uh, but, I mean, in, even in the movie, in, in Civil War, uh, Captain America, or, or uh, Iron Man says, I stopped production after, after Sokovia. And but you Cap chose says, to do you that. You chose to do that. In a military organization, you can't choose to just leave. If we sign this, we give up our right to choose. Like, you can't. And if it's a military organization, if we're going to go with it, it is a military organization. It is now. It, yeah, now it is. That's the whole point. Um, because the Sokovia Accords have been signed. Anyone who signed them is part of this thing, and they can't just leave. They can't just uh, – the, the, like in a military organization, you can't just stop production and stop working, doing what you're doing. You have to, you have to do your job. <laughs> um, but the Avengers, until now, have not been that. They've been a loose organization of people doing what they do, going off in Quinjets, going back to Asgard, whatever. Um, <laughs> Jet setting around. Two-ton nukes driving around in the Quinjet. It's um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but 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 now the and and it, it makes sense that the government would say this needs to be more of a military style organization because the uh, you, you you're not <laughs> what are you laughing I'm sorry. at sorry <laughs> when you said two ton nukes around in a quid jet it made me think of the the scene in Age of Ultron where uh, where Black Widow is like. Status report on the Hulk's combat, and like Thor was like, the gates of hell are filled with the screams of his victims. <laughs> I, just, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold it together. I'm sorry. It's so good. Oh, man. I need to watch that again. I uh, I think it didn't have what all the I was expecting, and so I didn't wasn't as interested in watching it as many times. Yeah. Um, and But now I think with lo- a little bit lowered expectations, I could go back and really enjoy that movie. <laughs> it was enjoyable rewatching it's, it's it before really, Cap. It's a really great movie. Um, I did not get to do my rewatch like I planned. How um, dare you? I know I'm the worst podcaster. Um, but yeah, so shame again. I disagree with Mike about the Scarlet Witch, but you know that's all good. Um, the uh, still love you though. Oh yeah, we still love you. Um, the uh, it is a military organization now, and as is Shield, and Shield is chasing down Ms. Daisy. <laughs> Pretty excited about what's going to happen. So uh, I guess that's pretty much all the feedback, and I think we've touched on most of everything that we were interested to touch on this week. Uh, if you have any more feedback about Civil War, Daredevil Season 2, uh, tonight's uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, or this entire season of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, we're going to be doing some wrap-up casts and kind of just covering the stuff we've already covered, but kind of covering... We've got we've actually got like two or three pages 
filled with more than that. We have like eight or nine pages filled with feedback of Daredevil that we just haven't had time to get to. So uh, we're going to be coming back uh, probably in two weeks uh, with a lot more feedback and speculation and fun stuff and probably do some rewatches and we'll watch some Ryan Coogler movies and some Lupita Nyong'o movies and uh, Michael B. Jordan movies. Michael B. Jordan. What's your Ryan Coogler movies? And, uh, what, what's uh, Finn's name again? John Boyega. John Boyega movies, uh, which I, I don't I don't know what else he's done. I don't know if he's done a lot more. But if they're out there, we'll check them out and we'll we'll talk about these characters and these actors that are coming up. Uh, pretty pretty excited, guys, uh, to be uh, moving forward into this uh, uncharted territory of Phase Three. Uh, pretty pretty fun pretty fun season of Agents of Shield. Um, had its issues, but uh, yeah, but overall it it really brought it home. Yeah yeah, no, it was. Um, Probably on par with season two. Season two, I thought was really, really good, and I think season three was really, really good. Season one had a lot more slow places than either of these two have. The beginning of it, yeah. So, <laughs> like the entire first half. You know? Yeah, yeah. The entire first sixteen episodes or so. <laughs> uh, seven, seventeen through twenty-two. Those were killer. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it for thirty percent. No, I, I like. I don't hate the first season, but it's definitely slower. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We will be back with you uh, probably in two weeks with uh, with a. You know what I hope is in two weeks. What? Our DC on screen versus MCU <laughs> cast battle royale. Showing them they're wrong. Yeah, we just got to teach them. I mean, I'm not mad at them. I just need to. I just need to teach them the ways of the, the truth. Oh, you hear that? That sounds like a school bell. <laughs> nah, that's that. That's never gonna work. Dave will never admit. Yeah. There's no. There's there, there's no winning this battle. There's no winning this. Battle. Just like there's no winning a civil war. Yeah. Exactly. We just have to stop him from getting to the Quinjet. Is all. No, that means that he would be right. Or the star, or oh, something. Oh, whatever. I don't know. Oh wait, we had some. Fe- oh, that was Civil War feedback. Yeah, we'll probably have to do another Civil War feedback episode at some point because or, we've got or just the, like an everything feedback. We can probably do everything feedback in the uh, in the looking forward and the story so far. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All right, looking we'll, uh, back, looking forward. We'll looking be back in a couple around. weeks. Send us any of your feedback, calls, emails, all that stuff. We'd love to hear from you. All right, have a great night. Until next time, true believers.